lasso And this is the podcast to the show You can listen to or know Welcome to our Ted Lasso Talk, the TEDcast. Welcome, all Greyhound fans. Welcome, all you sinners from the dog track and all the AFC Richmond fans around the world. It's the Lasso way around these parts with Coach Coach and Boss. Without further ado, Coach Castleton. Okay, welcome back, beautiful people. Today we are covering Ted Lasso, Season 3, Episode 12. So long, farewell. This is Part 3 in our um, in our journey through the stars. Uh, if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, we urge you to go back and uh, spend the next year and a half uh, listening to everything we've recorded so far. But um, if, you, if, if you're here uh, just to hear about the, uh, the, the finale, uh, we are here on part three today. There is part one and two for your uh, uh, perusing enjoyment. Uh, my name is Coach Castleton, and I'm your host. With me, as always, is Coach Bishop. Shut up, T.A. Henry. Yeah, that's it. That's like uh, I like that he's a good sport about that. That like his yeah. his feature in a, in a show is just people telling him to shut up. Something so something about that, that makes me feel like if Boss was on a show and we said like we're gonna like kind of make fun of you the whole time. Shut up. Like, okay. <laughs> uh, that, the, the, those dulcet tones were from uh, our boss Emily Chambers. See, the problem is what I was gonna mention is. Um, my waxer, and I have one. I do have one. It's not the areas you think she might be waxing. I, I'm going to level with you. It's a little bit of chin and stomach area is what she handles. The point is, I love her, and she's amazing, and she's great. And the last time I saw her, she told me, number one, by talking to me, I had not convinced, but just opened up the possibility of not having children and not getting married for her. She was like, oh, shit, I can do that. It's like, She's like, I haven't decided one way or the other. It's just the idea of being able to. And also she said, oh, I thought you were tall. When I told her my height, she was like, oh, you seem taller than that. And I'm like, well, you're my favorite person that's ever existed. Like, I I can't love anybody more than I love somebody that told me those things. If you tell me that I'm taller than I, or I seem taller than I am, done. We're best friends. I, I love that. As she's removing the hair on your chinny chin chin. Exactly. She is so um, kind to me, even though I'm like, can you get the ingrown hair out of my belly button, please? The belly button that my uh, younger brother once said resembled a sarlacc pit. So that was, I, that was fun. Listen, listen. Uh, we are so preoccupied with um, our outward appearance. And boss... You have um, shunned that take in a way that is so charming to me. Um, we have heard about you shaving your feet. Yeah, I'm a hairy and woman. judging people. We have heard about you uh, removing, uh, I believe it was nipple hair. Oh yes, yeah, no, but uh, that's just like Mindy Kaylee told everybody about that. That is a thing. That that happens. That's a thing, mm-hmm. right? Well, no, I just think it's good because because people they they especially women in this society. I, I know when you get to a point, you say, "Oh, we're now invisible, so fuck you anyway," mm-hmm. and I'll just tell you tell it like it is. You, you've never not told it like it is. I mean, you did this when you were twenty two, so I really appreciate you just like being completely open about your like Wookie sensibilities. Yes, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. no, it's really good. Like it's a it's a. It is hugely empowering, and it dispels any notion that you are uh, anything but 100% authentic. Um, and I love it. You do seem a little taller. Uh, you seem like a I, 
you know, like um, uh, we were trick or treating last night, uh, and my daughter's afraid of dogs, which is a is a is something I'll never coach. It's the worst thing in the world because I'm oh, the biggest no. dog person. So I would go up and pet every dog at, right. you know, in every and house, meanwhile. Oh, and meanwhile no. she's standing back there, and I'm like, "Come on, they're really nice." And I was trying to explain to her that like sometimes little dogs think they're big dogs. So they, they're really like, they present like mm-hmm. they're sure that they're a great date. And sometimes mm-hmm. the big, big monster dogs, they think they're a lap dog. They think they're just like a pup. They, they don't understand why they can't be on your lap at all times. They're like, well, you weigh 120 pounds. Like you are a monster. You're like a legitimate, like Grimm's fairy tale level beast. And that's why you can't be like on my shoulder, like a cat. Um, and so uh, I was thinking about Biggie Smalls and I was thinking about how coach is like a little dog person, but boss, you do have some of that. It's not little dog energy at all. It's somehow big dog energy, but also, uh, yeah, I could see how anyone would think like you're a little, a little bit taller. You just, you just, uh, you're a force boss. I try. I, I should also mention that um, my mom had a dog named Maddie. Actually, sister, like same litter as my dog Abby slash the Noodle. Um, Maddie weighed at least seventy pounds, and Kathy would drive with Maddie on her lap. Like they would both get into the car. Oh shit! And Kathy would buckle her seatbelt, and then Maddie would like put her head on the armrest, like in her lap. She tried to do it with me once, and I'm like, no, I am not that much like my mother. We are not. I can't. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> you, Biggie is, and I shit you not, nine pounds, and I have done that a couple times, and each time thought like. If anything bad happens, everyone's going to be like, you're a lunatic. Yeah. What were you thinking? So 70 pounds makes me feel like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. It was hilarious. Wow. But also, thank wow. you for saying that I am uh, don't have small dog energy. I just have big dog wanting to be bigger dog energy. That's that's a good way of classifying me. You just We just know when you're in the room. That's all I'm saying. Like a, mm-hmm. a, a, a big dog pads, pads into the room, mm-hmm. even if you don't. Even if they don't make a peep, which sometimes they don't, you you know that there's something in the room. <laughs> You're like, what, what, what was that? I, I heard some like big ass paws mm-hmm. and the tickle of claws on hardwood. And and you very much have that like, you know, and, and it's good because sometimes we'll go down a rabbit hole on this podcast and um, uh, we are uh, we, we are men who aspire to be uh, better in this world. And sometimes we just plain... Still dumb. <laughs> well, you're, you're saying you're saying yeah. that you have a getting Accurate. yelled at fetish, or uh, it, it, what's a whatever that word is for a non-sexual fetish. It's just a thing you enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now there I'm going to be spend word the next that. however no, many no, minutes. No, I don't like it at all. No, no, I thing. hate it. It's a thing oh, it, yeah, no, yeah. definitely. No, no, no. I hate it, boss. I hate it. I want to be right all the time, but I'm at least hopefully evolved enough. To say, you know, I'm right, you know, like eleven to twelve percent of the time, and then we'll, but you'll we'll you'll get, be willing we'll to sweep to in. Yeah, we'll get up, we'll get up to sing, uh, to double digits <laughs> at some point. Oh, um, look at you with your little aspirations. Oh, eleven, twelve percent. Oh my goodness, <laughs> like a big boy. You're gonna get that much right, like a big boy, are you? <laughs> oh, I'm liking this energy. This is great already. Um, yeah, I was just thinking I, I, the exact opposite. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> the coach was just shaking his tail feathers while he did that. <laughs> Shoulders up and down. Um, coach, now listen. You are a uh, – it's something I wanted to talk about a little bit because I know we get emails from from uh, our listener community and our Buttercups, uh, who are our subscriber base, our, our people who support the show. Um, and we, we, we get a lot about people saying, oh, thank you for uh, this podcast. It helped me get through X, Y, or Z. Sometimes it's because um, I'm a parent of, of children that are, that are not uh, – uh, you, you know, your normal quote unquote kids, you know, whatever the hell that means, uh, neurodivergent kids. Right, Sometimes right. it's because, uh, you know, I've been through a divorce. Sometimes it's because, uh, you know, people, uh, hear us dealing with anxiety and depression and, um, um, you know, sometimes it's just, Oh, how do you survive with boss's terrible laugh? Uh, <laughs> so, so many yeah. hours a week. So, yeah. um, the answer now, is coach, becoming hard of hearing. Yeah, seriously. Um, Let me write that down. Uh, Hold on. Now, Coach, um, I want to talk a little bit about depression mm-hmm. because it's something that a lot of people struggle with. And um, you were having a little, you were a little bit, you you, were, you had a little bit of a bout of it. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I wanted to just bring it up because I don't like to gloss over these things because they're yeah. real. And, and you're still, here you are recording. Um I'm glad that one of the things that kicks you out of, out of uh, the the end uh, parts of your depression is making fun of me with boss. That's that's delightful. <laughs> I'm glad I can serve that purpose. Um, but um, but no, re- in all seriousness, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's something that's so millions and millions and millions of people cope yeah. with, and I'd love for you to address it a little bit. Well, first of all, thank you for because I didn't think to like you know <clears throat> bring it in. I did text you yesterday, and so I let you know. Um, and and I do think one of the one of the things I found to be true is the hiding and acting is really counterproductive. That is like so I try as I can, and of course you want to do it with people you trust. It's not like, you know, I'm like, you know, in the line at Ralph's and I'm like, hey, anybody want to hear about my depression? But <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. Very few people outside of you could pull that off. Some something makes me think you could actually I can, right, like get I a little pal, yeah. I could see a little drum circle starting in a so, Ralph's line. Can you yeah, imagine? But, Sir, we yeah. need to move this along. Like we're just hold a up, line. hold up. We're, we're making progress here. Hold on. <laughs> we're making progress here. That actually sounds like me. Wait a minute. She's three minutes from a breakthrough. God damn it. Um, but uh, but uh, I but yeah, like so. One of the things I have found to be absolutely right is the people I trust, I trust in my life. And I, and I absolutely at this moment am, am counting the buttercups in that I will say, Hey, I'm having a hard time right now. Like I need to, you know, I may need to give you this, or I may need to get you that I'm having, I am having a hard time right now. So, and I try to like, make sure I don't let anything linger that, um, as I can, that's going to be a fire later. But when I, one of the things I find brings the temperature down is not having to communicate. For example, yesterday we were communicating, you know, just texting. And if I don't have to pretend I'm quote unquote, okay, it just takes a lot of pressure off of me. I didn't recognize that when I was younger. So I was always convincing everybody I was okay. Meanwhile, like that was just making it worse. And then you feel, and then you feel like a fraud. 
Because like, oh, I'm so, I am so full of shit. <laughs> you already feel bad about yourself. And on top of that, now it's like, oh, and I'm a fucking liar. So like, I've just learned to like, just be like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling. Doesn't mean I'm not going to, you know, I know you need that email from me. I'm doing my best, but whew, today's rough. And, and, and I guess also that to, so one, you don't know by dealing with somebody, like you always see those memes that are like, oh, you know, um, Robin Williams, who shares my birthday, which I always felt like was a, a message to the, from the universe to me. Um, but like they, the, oh, just because your friends look happy, you know, or just because the fun. And yes, that's true too. But I think sometimes it's that it's not always like adjacent to an event. Like there wasn't anything that happened. Like I actually think I'm processing some things that literally happened a year ago. And I think that's what's happening is like, I'm going through the same time of the year. And so as I remember like, Oh yeah, this is when, right. You know, this is when Brooklyn was killed. This is when my sister got sick. Like my sister almost died, man. Like, you know, like I kind of like moved on with my life, but like, that was scary as shit. Like, like that we yeah. are fucking tight beyond tight. And I really thought, like, when I was flying across the country, I was like, am I, I going to be writing a eulogy song? Is this what we're doing? And then I had another friend. Anyway, not to go through every detail of it, but I'm realizing, like, if you were watching me at the time, you'd be like, oh, I guess he's fine. But, like, I'm not dealing with some of that stuff really, really till now. So just... Like making some room for people, for yourself and people in your life that it's not all a straight line and it can be a bad day. And I guess one of my big lessons and the things I want to share is how temporary it is, despite how permanent it feels. Like it feels like life will always feel like this. (laughs) And one thing I've learned is like as shitty as it feels, just hold on a second because it won't, it'll feel different. If if not great, it'll feel different than it does if you just hold on a second. So anyway, I'm not sure that that was where you expected. No, no, that's that beautiful. To go. Even boss is approximating a look of uh, care and concern. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's good. She can do all kinds of things with her face. There you go. Um, there you go. I have powerful you eyebrows. Know, I love it. <laughs> I love uh, no, coach, I, I really do. appreciate you sharing that. And listen, everyone's different. There are different levels of depression, so I don't want to minimize it and say. Oh, not at all. Um, not, not that you were, I just want to make sure we're, we're speaking to every sort of every person on the depression. Sometimes there, there, uh, if you have a general, uh, anxi- uh, sorry, uh, depressive disorder or major depressive disorder, uh, which is a, which is a diagnosed condition. Um, you, uh, you can't get out of bed. You cannot function. And so, uh, it's a whole, it's a whole different thing. And, and for the type of depression you're talking about, coach, um, we have it in my family. A couple of my kids have it. Uh, it's, you know, it tends to be lower points for one to three days. And then, you know, you can sort of, yes. can sort of get through that, you know, sort of, it depends. It depends on what's going on. It depends on the, on, on how much you've, you've lied to yourself or, uh, tried to fend it off, right? Like how much you're, you're camouflaging, uh, and for what period of time, how much are, how much is everything bottlenecking emotionally? How much, um, trauma are you are you coping with that you're not talking about coping with we um i'm, I'm not going to uh, uh announce it officially yet but we have a, a guest coming on who is a specialist in this oh, i'm nice. very excited we landed one of the biggest trauma specialists in the world oh, that's amazing um, and he is going to come on here and 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 talk to us um and is very very excited to, to have that and once i have it officially booked 
um, we'll, we'll have him sort of lay some groundwork for us just about, uh, you know, mindfulness around trauma. But it's, it's, this is something that's happening in real time for, for people. And, and so mm -hmm. I, I, it's, it's incredibly helpful for you to address it. Um, because it just gives people, it, it, you know, it's, it, if we're all lying about it and we're all just pretending we're on social media exactly. and everything's great. And all I do is spend money and, and, right, and right. you know, it's like, you're like, what? It's just not real. So this no. is, this is what's real. And, and I appreciate you talking about it. Somebody, somebody's taking all this fucking Zoloft, right? I mean, like <laughs> somebody, I mean, right. What the hell? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So no, it's a yes. real, it, it's a very real thing. And, and I'll, and I'll toss in that. One of the one of the reasons that I, I I shared with Coach when I shared with Coach was I'm right now I've actually done so much work and I'm in so much better of a place than I was once in because I've had the days that Coach is talking about like I've had the like I have not like sought light like physical light in my space for days like that kind of space. And but I've done so much work and it has been work that one thing I'm learning now is it it's it's different. It looks different and it feels different. And I'm learning to recognize it much sooner. So in a way, I may sound like, you know, you may be like, hey, it doesn't sound like a guy who's like getting ready to lock himself in. Well, I'm not about to lock myself in because I now recognize that that's starting so much sooner than I used to. Um, and so it means, so I'm now learning how to navigate that and like, oh, this isn't like the bottom of the hole where I've been, but like, this is also like, this needs to be addressed. And I, and I will share in addition to telling coach, like I contacted my therapist and was like, Hey, I know it's our usual week off, but I want to meet sure. No problem. And I've been getting sick recently and I'm like, mm, I think these are related. And so I contacted my doctor. We're going to do a virtual visit and I set up my annual in January. So part of it, I also don't want to make it seem like this is a magic trick. And if you know, you like, I'm good right. enough, yes. I'm smart enough and all that kind of in the mirror, then you're all set. Like I enlist the help of friends, the help of professionals, the help of my medication, yes. the help of meditation, the help of exercise. Like do not feel like you should be able to snap your fingers and quote, feel better. Because that's just not how any of this works. I love so I, well. Number one, I love all the things you're saying. You're the best. I love you. Uh, but number two, I love so much that you point that out specifically. Um, because in addition to this idea of not wanting to let people know that there's something wrong, just because of our own sort of like one society tells us not to talk about it, and two, our own mm -hmm. egos are like, I don't want them to think I'm like fucked up and broken. And right. so it becomes really difficult to let people be comfortable with that. Um, there's also the other side that uh, it, I've mentioned uh, this way up before. It's the show with Osling B where she plays a woman who's recovering from a breakdown. And one of the things that she and her sister talk about in one scene, which is absolutely amazing. I might've mentioned this before. Um, her sister is like, they get into a fight and then it's kind of about her breakdown and everything else. And she says to her sister, uh, I don't want to lie to you, Shone, but I don't want to make you sad. And so there's also like that side of it, that we yeah. hide from people who yeah. could be helping us the fact that we need help because we don't want to put that on them. And so yeah. what you're talking about is like 
you recognize it in yourself. And also you've developed this team of people and ways that you can depend, you can let them know and you can depend on them. And then it's not one person and you don't have to worry about your mental health impacting theirs because you have done so much work to take care of a lot of this. So I don't know. I love that. I I love, I love everything you're saying. No, that's great. And, and, and I, I, it is so important. It is so important to identify and to not, because you can't, it can, it can become something that you kind of offload on someone else. And we're friends. Like, you know, I know Ted and Rebecca agreed that that's why we have friends to, uh, to, 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 to load them up with all of our problems. <laughs> but there's, there's some alternate approaches. Yeah. Like what better thing to do to the person closest to you who you love the most than to dump all of your negative emotions onto and be like, Hey, thanks. Love the biscuits. Talk to you later. Exactly. Right, but there's a ba- there's a balance. And it's also about, you know, Coach and I talked about having God complexes and being like, no, this is too much for you to bear, but I'll handle it. It's like, <laughs> oh, God, yes. Come on. Like, give me a break. You know what I mean? So, but I, I yeah. grew up like that. I mean, so yeah. um, I, I've known Coach for almost 30 years now, and, or maybe. That's yeah, right. Just no, that's right. And, and so, yeah. right. And so I saw at least a couple decades of him hiding it completely mm-hmm. and also me not being involved enough to even know that it existed mm. um i didn't even i was raised in a family that didn't believe in depression they i was raised in a family that didn't believe in in um uh allergies they thought allergies right. were people trying that. to get out of work and same with depression they're just like yeah. that's a that's you know like up. so i'm I, my, my first wife uh suffered from depression i remember like looking at her not being able to get out of bed being like what are you doing like knock it off like you know i didn't say that but i'm like in my right. head i'm like but, it's fe- not- but yeah if you haven't yeah if you don't know if you don't understand what you're looking at it's like uh it's time to go to work now like what's happening yes mm-hmm. and then and then once it, it like dawns and you're like oh, wait this is a real thing like this is and that now it becomes part of your lexicon becomes part of your understanding you know yesterday um I, uh, you know, one thing I want to point out is, is, uh, there's a ther- type of therapy called, uh, CBT, cognitive behavioral, ther- behavioral therapy. And mm-hmm. one of the, uh, uh, parts of it is recognizing I- intrusive thoughts before they do the damage that they are intended to do. Um, and so what coach is talking about partly is yep. if you don't know that exists, right? Then all of a sudden you, 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 everything's fine. And then something little tickle in your mind doesn't come from, me doesn't come from boss comes from you coach comes from your own mind trying to sabotage you and and 20 years ago you would never would have noticed it and it would have run rampant like a virus and now you go wait what the fuck was that what was that what just happened right and and i've given myself permission when i'm when i'm when i'm alone lest i get uh put in on a 72 uh hour hold uh but i've actually conditioned myself to where i say out loud like we're not doing this today like i will out loud tell my <laughs> critic i'll be like we're not doing this today don't fucking right. start and i like I, like like re, like because i have to like acknowledge like oh so now you're gonna start with the oh and this is why you lost the spelling bee in fifth grade because i don't have time for that shit today and i will consciously stop and be like we're not doing this today yeah and and uh um, yeah but again and i it's the work because I did a ton of work to to start naming those characters. I did a ton of work to start thinking about 
Why do you do that? My critic is just trying to like spur me to go get stuff done because because the rest of us are pretty happy to not. And so I can then turn to my my critic and be like, all right, we got it. What is it that you think needs to get done? Hey, you got to pay the mortgage. All right, that's a good point. <laughs> I do actually, that is a thing I actually do have to do. Good point. We're going to take care of the mortgage, but we need you to settle down. Um, and I will literally walk myself through those conversations. That is, when I tell you that's hours of therapy, oh my God, that is hours yeah. of therapy at work. I'm I'm not a person. I don't think I suffer from depression. I don't know. I'm I'm not very evolved, so it's hard for me to identify it. But I try. I try to be mindful of it. But in having a, an ex-wife who w- w- was someone who suffered, I became much more better acquainted with it. I did a lot of work, did a lot of research, did a lot of uh, uh, we went to different therapies, and, all, and it's always been for me to try to be a better ally and advocate for people who, who suffer uh, from from that uh, condition. And lo and behold. It was advantageous because two of my kids uh, have that too. And so yesterday, um, I, I, being the big softy that I am, uh, it was Halloween and I, uh, I two kids in college, so not trick-or-treating with us. And then uh, my older son uh, wanted to go into the big city and, and hang with his teenage friends. So it ended up, and so, so Juliana had to, had to drive him in. So it ended up being just me and my little girl, uh, just turned 10. And it was, um, she's like, daddy, it's not as much fun. And I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. Like, I get it. We're still going to do it and we're going to, you know, have a really good time, but it's not, it's not the same as having a huge crew of dummies walking down the street all dressed up and right. And, and it hit me really hard. And especially, um, I'm the type of person that I've mentioned. And I'll cry at a Verizon commercial if it's uh, saccharine <laughs> enough, and and I have, which is so, which is so. Uh, there was that Verizon commercial about two twins uh, that had separated at birth, and and they're grown men, and they put them. I don't know. They met, and I I literally broke down. But you can put me on any show that's about empty nests, any show that's about like the last I kid know. to go to college. I'm in real trouble. So I was feeling this, and I don't know. Casually, I had been texting with Coach. It might have been about football i don't remember what it was about we started out on fantasy stuff i think is that what it was i think so uh i'm i'm at home we just got my daughter and i just got in it was not nine o'clock and so our night was over and i'm texting coach i'm like what is that coach is available on halloween at 6 p.m in the in the west and my first thing is like you okay bud (laughs) (laughs) it was so funny i was like as a matter of fact i'm not man this fucking sucks (laughs) like yeah it was you know we got text message you know i'm three thousand miles away watching a great pumpkin i was like all right that's cool and my son was here sort of okay and actually no like no kids came by like it was like almost like there was like a stench on the house like uh no youth there everybody's just you know Turning the corner, heading toward death there. Let's just go somewhere else. I was like, damn. But yeah, but like a, a family down the street. And it was funny because I realized I was like, oh, they're like, they were like every year. Like I watched the kids grow up because every yeah, year, yeah, yeah. At the very, you know, they, and they moved like a month ago. And yesterday, early in the day, I was like, oh my God, they're not going to come by tonight. And I just was like, man, like that shit is that right. It, it passed me by. It, it's gone. It's like that whole thing. They're like, oh, what a headache. You know, oh, I got the fucking blah, blah, blah. 
And now yeah. I'm like, oh man. You get the candy. I thought you were going to get the candy. <laughs> exactly. All that stuff. We had a big old bag of candy that Daphne Mart, like, do not eat. This is for Halloween. And I, literally not one trick or treater. Like, I'm sitting there last night. You got rid of You actually got none. Oh, I thought you were like, exactly. No, 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 you no. Got we got none? none. Like, I'm not sure. You know, like, because it was, you know, we're on a side street. So it was like mostly the kids here and everybody's, you know, we've, we've been in this house for 20 years as of last night. Oh, shit. Really? 20 years. We moved in here on Halloween. That's a true story. Because it's supposed to be November 1st, and they like, tossed us the keys. So, yeah. So, last night was 20 Holy years shit. in this house. So, we have literally watched, like, people be born, grow the fuck up, go off wherever they're going, and they don't need our fucking twits anymore. Bye. It's, yeah. Oh, my. Wow. My, uh... The last dog I had was 15 years old, and uh, his birthday was Halloween. Uh, and I haven't had a dog, haven't had a dog since. I, I can't because Rihanna, Zuka, yeah. He, but he was born on Halloween, which is why he was in the Z litter. And then uh, my sister, who was originally my sister's dog, and she named him Zuka, which is like a pumpkin in Italian, I guess, whatever. So, uh, I, or correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm, I don't know. This is what I heard from no how idea. He got his name. But um, but um. Uh, yeah, so Halloween's full full of uh, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. You wouldn't think. You wouldn't think uh, all this all this would hit at once. But um, but yeah, I want to reach out to Coach. And this is the thing. If you you just want to be mindful of, of your friends and where they are and be an open uh, you know open open person for them, so they can just uh, hit hit you. So they might not need it. They might be like, no, no, no I'm good. But yeah, it's yeah. nice to know that you have those friends there that get it. Um, and and so uh, you know, I know like I've reached out to Coach on God so many times with you know parenting things and things I'm going through. And once you have again thirty years, but it, it, we've been friends almost. But like you know, it took us what fifteen at, at least, least to yeah. get to a better place. Um, I I I chalk it up to like just healthy caution for trusting a white boy. Um, <laughs> He seemed cool, but we'll see. Anybody can keep this shit up for twelve years. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, come on. You can't. You can't. You can't even think about trusting a white man until at least seven years in. That's the yeah, beginning. I mean, we, there's nothing to even discuss. Uh, no. <laughs> but one other thing, I'll, I'll, I'll toss it because I do sometimes when stuff like this comes up, I'm like, you never know. Somebody could be. I actually had an experience where I wrote a thing and then somebody contacted me. It was like, I literally like essentially wrote, I should say what they actually wrote, but essentially wrote, I've been locked in my house considering suicide. Thanks for letting me know I wasn't alone. Like that's a thing that's happened in my life. So I'm going to say yeah. this piece oh, yeah. out loud, which is I have found everyone's going to be different, but I have found the goal is not to, avoid ever feeling sad or depressed. The goal is to get better at being in that state to like how you manage it and traverse it. And so if you're out there and you feel it, like don't feel like you're wrong for feeling it. The goal is to just like get better at navigating it. And, um, you know, yeah, I won't even try to connect that to yeah, yeah. That story no, no, or whatever, but it's really absolutely. that was huge because I felt like I was like fighting it off, like, oh no, I'm depressed again, I failed, as opposed to, 
oh, well, this time I didn't emerge yep. with like three months of unpaid bills to sort out. <laughs> like uh, that was just like, okay, that was Tuesday. Today's yeah. Thursday and I'm getting my shit together. Yeah. And give yourself permission to be kind to yourself in the midst of it, because guess what? The amount of penalty that society puts on human beings for shit that had nothing to do with them and was a genetic dice roll before they were fucking born into this world, like during the conception and development process, I, I try to, you know, when my kids get, you know, bummed out about their anxiety or their depression, I'm like, oh, you know what? Um, uh, I'm, I'm a guy that's, that has male pattern baldness. You know what I was so fucking pumped about uh, when I was growing up? I was just so psyched to lose my hair. Oh my God. <laughs> It was. I, it is so amazing. It's so. I'm. I'm. I'm a short man. I'm. I have always been so thrilled not to be able to just fucking slam dunk a basket. Right. It is great. Right. I'm like, listen. I didn't pick these fucking things. You think I would have like chosen to be George Costanza? No. That's, you know what I mean? Like that's not like that's the same way. Uh, like when some people, you know, this parent came to me and said, "I you know. I know you know a lot about this, but I'm really worried about." about you know putting my kid on meds and mm-hmm. I said, yes absolutely totally understand it it's a, it's a huge step to go from no meds to meds yeah. and then the, then I'll coach them in ways that they can sort of uh where there's where you can not like make it like you know 12 different types of medication all at once like just ease into it see how it takes whatever but what you're talking about is your child has a different brain chemistry the all these other fucking people get to go to school with a quote unquote normal or neurotypical brain chemistry and your child is suffering, there's no stigma around helping them adjust their, their brain so that they can function. Like they didn't ask for that. And you didn't ask for that in creating them. This is the the fucking genetic lotto. So I just want to put that out there that I don't know why we're so blind to that. I also, I never will, you know, we talk about how if you have a good looking person and a less good looking person, Human beings are are naturally uh, biologically imprinted to trust the good looking person more, which has done worse things for oh this world than I can ever. And I'm always like, I wish we had a way you could like put on goggles and check someone's aura out or check someone like mm-hmm. their like if you could see their character. Right. That's all you need to see. Like, what are we talking about with anything else? So it makes me crazy um, that that there's such a penalty and there's so much suffering. And there's so much uh, self-loathing because people don't have the types of uh, social groups or pyramid, like a, a structure in their lives that are like, no, you're great. How, however, you are. You're, you're. Oh well, I'm a little heavy. Well, fuck, it's genetic, baby. Like it's not like people just do not understand mm-hmm. how many things are at play in their lives that they had no control over, and why are they being penalized? day in and day out to the point where you know they talk about the big lie you keep telling the lie long enough uh people believe it that's what happens internally people go oh wow well everyone everyone makes me feel this way it must be must be true i must be dumb you know we 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 uh we had a, an amazing uh, meeting with with the the king of the buttercups and and he had to contend with so much of this because he had adhd as a kid mm-hmm. and school was hard and he never, how would he know? Nobody around him knew. He didn't know. He turns his, his frustration on himself or, or, or mm-hmm. at his teachers or, right? And, and I'm not saying uh, Jeff did this, but I'm saying in general, One could, this right, is the way right. it plays out, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, 
No, it's, yes. it's, it's, it's hey, sorry, sorry, boss. Go ahead. Well, I was only going to say that everything you said, absolutely true. Um, I need to highlight that it also, it's not, it it is definitely genetic things, but it's not only genetic things. Like, uh, coach, what you said about figuring out, especially the part about processing through it, learning how to process through it, learning not to get caught up in the middle of it, and also not feeling like a failure for needing to process through something again. Um, One of the things that Castleton, I love you so much, and you know that this is true, but I bristle slightly when you say that you want to keep your kids innocent as long as possible, that you want to protect them from bad things. I understand that. Mm. I get it. Nobody says, like, mm-hmm. I want my kid to get a, their fucking heart ripped out and, like, go through hell. But it's also every time you go through something that is difficult or devastating or anytime you recover from it, it's not just that you are having a bad thing happen to you. It is also that you are learning how to come out on the other side and appreciate life more because you know bad things happen and then they can get better. So it's so like, I, I don't want to take that away from people either, that it's not just that shitty things happen. It's that it feels good when shitty things happen and then you can move past them and understand that shitty things happening to you isn't a reflection on you. It's, something that you had to deal with and you did deal with. And now maybe the world gets to be good again. Like now the sun is out. I'm being cheerful and I'm fucking me. Like, I think that there is a lot to be learned and gained from understanding that bad things are bad things and not a bad condition. I totally, I I totally hear that. And and it's interesting that, <laughs> Sorry, it sounds like I'm laughing at coach, you agreeing with me. Coach, coach just gave boss a double bird, <laughs> so I don't even know what's happening right now. <laughs> Bristle that fucker! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to make a point. I can't even think. All right, so, but yes, to to what you said, and and it's funny. I get on these different ideas, and I'm sure. Anyone who's been listening to these uh, has picked up on that by now. And right now I'm on this idea of anti-fragility, which I'd heard about a while ago. And people were sort of, it's like become, you know, as those catch, those catchphrases or, you know, buzzwords happen. And it's the idea of like, not just being like resilient, which means like you can weather the storm or like a bad, a, a bad thing can happen and you can sort of like not be destroyed, which something that's fragile would be destroyed. But anti-fragile being not only that part of the makeup is that the bad thing happening is part of the development, that the bad thing happening is part yeah. of the developing the strength. It's not just that you can withstand it, but that you actually, you know, it's although this phrase can have its own problems like that, that which doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. I think probably probably gets misused. Mm-hmm. But on some level is expressing the power of anti-fragility. And yes. I do think, um, honestly, you know, looking at, you know, the show that I, I pretty much treat now like a religious text, um, you know, when, when Ted says essentially uh, we got relegated, that fucking sucks. And uh, everybody be a goldfish and we'll get back to work and, you know, get a promotion, which looks good on every resume. That's anti-fragility. Like they had to go through getting relegated to become the team at the end that could, you know, go up against 
Pep and City a man down while Jamie got his ankle together. Like they had to go yeah. through that. And and so some of the conversations you and I have had and even texted about where I was like, love and what's the role of love at work? And you made me go back and like, nah, it's not quite <laughs> it yet. Like, I'm going back into the lab. I'll show you, boss. Love. <laughs> um, but no, but but I think one of the things that, that made me think about was that's what, that's some of what I'm pointing to is like, it's not mm-hmm. just can you create an effective organization? Can you create an anti-fragile organization? Can you create something that does in our lives and does in whatever pers- our pursuit is what the Lasso way slash the Richmond way has now done to the heretofore mediocre Greyhounds? Um, yeah. Like, can you can create, how do we create that? And um, yeah, so anyway, anti-fragile, I think, is like a, a real way to look at, to think about what you, you know, what you're describing. Yeah, I, I think that's, I, I love that term. I also love the idea that the phrase about what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I think people too often use to justify bad things having happened to you, that it toughened you up, so it's fine. Correct. It's not. Correct. It does not. It's not It's fine. not fine. It's not right. fine. Right. Like, it's absolutely <laughs> exactly. fucking not fine that it happened. Right. But the fact that I am a person who came through it means that I have learned that skill and I have become better at Mm -hmm. that. And so I think people like I know that Jamie and the, you know, what it was at the very first episode said, um, I'm me. Why would I want to be anybody else? Like, I think that people often say, like, I wish that this hadn't happened or I wish that this had gone differently. And my thought process is always those things happening got me to where I am today. So I do I not want to be where I am today because I can change that. But if I'm happy where I am today, I can understand making peace with everything that did happen because why would I want to be anybody other than me right now? Have I told you about my five friends? I got five friends and they kick ass. Uh, and now I get to do a lot of drugs because I'm a grown up in charge of my life. So, Yay. I mean, come on. It's such a, a, I mean, the place I come from, right? You're like, what? Like like if I was like my, you know, my dad's mentality, be like, you grow up and now you get to do drugs. Like that's, Mm -hmm. you're a screwball. You're obviously someone who's a, I'm an unserious person. Not a good member of society. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, (laughs) right, right, right. But some of like, it's so interesting how these things shift and, you know, because some of the people I would regard as most serious in the terms you're, you know, the way you put it forth, the people who I, I know who I'm like, they are searching for like answers. Like they're not searching for like, how do I fill out this form? They are searching for like, how do we do this human thing better? Are people who, if they're not using any substance, are certainly closer to that way of approaching the world and level of openness than the other. Um, and that's, yeah, that's an interesting, that's an interesting thing to me that the, the old, cause yeah, I'm just watching people that some of it is a bit of a cliche, but the people who, you know, the number of people who I now know who either are like, yeah, I've microdosed psilocybin or I've done like, it's not. And woo, uh-huh. did we fucking tear the town apart? You know what I mean? It's like, it's much more about like being able to be introspective and being able to figure out how they want to live their lives and how they want to relate to others or 
process, like you said, like process what happened. Like, Mm -hmm. am I glad X, Y, or Z happened in my life? No, but I embrace where I am now and it is, so no sense resisting it, that kind of thing. Um, I find that there's a lot more resistance from folks I know who would, you know, be closer to the, 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 uh, you know, never, never shall a drop touch my lips kind of a uh, vibe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tend we're to basically be the more fixed people. I know we're, we're basically a say yes to responsible drug use podcast at this point. Say yes to. Yeah. Listen, in a world where in 100%. our lifetimes, in our lifetimes, every every major foundational structure of of society has let us down. Every single one, not a single one that has not let us down. Wow! To the point where it is completely broken. And if you are a, a sentient being on this planet, you can call bullshit. You can go. You know what? There's got to be a better way. And I'm not saying that that I'm advocating for anarchy or, or you know total upheaval, but I am advocating for consideration and thought and and analysis and uh study and so you know we're we're talking about having a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset and in all things and some of that is the exploratory nature of certain uh pharmaceutical uh or or medicinal sort of you know, it's funny because when you because you say drugs and you, and you go back to Reagan's war on drugs, exactly. You know, and you just go, it's not even. You're telling me, you know, psilocybin is the same thing as ice. You know, like like yeah, I'm like, they, I, yeah, you have to, like, yeah, we have to be able to have a more nuanced conversation than that. Absolutely, right. Even the words are, are loaded. So um, anyway, we we are we are um, we want people to to think and and grow and and. Uh, Again, as a person who always advocates for helping, uh, help, help, help each other, help yourself, help each other. Um, and with that, we will begin our analysis. Coach, you have one more thing to say? Yeah, one more. I'm sorry, but on the fixed piece and people are going to have their feelings about the politics of it. And that's a whole other set of conversations and we can do that. But two things stood out to me today. It's so funny you said that about, you know, fixed uh, mindsets. I, the, there's a new uh, Speaker of the House, United States of America, short version. Uh, this person sort of aligned with the Trump of it all. And the number one thing that I've now heard come out in terms of policy is that he's leading an argument that what we should do if we want to send money to support Israel in this latest piece of the conflict is that we should um, cut taxes to the rich. Interesting. And then, and then I saw another headline where uh, a Bibi Netanyahu was saying, uh, this is not a time for blah, blah, blah. This is wartime. Whether you think we should cut taxes to the rich or you think it's wartime for Israel, that's a whole other set of conversations. What I can say is from those two entities, like that version of the Republican Party and from anything I've known of Bibi Netanyahu whatsoever, it's wartime and cut taxes to the rich has been their solution to everything from polio to traffic jabs to like, like talk about fixed. And I think one of the things that, one of the things that, 
I've enjoyed about Ted Lasso, one of the things I enjoy about our conversations, and even I'm seeing it now as the 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 slack is taking shape and the buttercup community and all is an openness to there may be another way entirely. And as Roy said about going into total football midseason, maybe it's mental. But there we are always open to the idea that you had a taste of barbecue sauce and the world faded away and you came up with a whole approach for how we were going to play from now on. And then we check it, right? We run it past beard and we, you know, it's not just we do any crazy shit that comes to mind, but we're not fixed. And I, and I, I think the world's going to need a lot of that. Like yesterday, <laughs> like we need it in a big way. It's just, again, I don't want to get in. I have my views. I'm sure people could guess some of them on, on, on some of these movements, but bigger than any of that is the idea that like we got to be open to there's a whole other way to even think about x y or z and um we're not getting enough of that right now no god no i mean listen i i have lamented for i just said we so much of society punishes you for things that had nothing to do with you before you were born um genetic dice rolls look at how we choose our leaders even if you it's always popularity contest it's always you know, you know, like it's like the wrong, <laughs> it's almost like if, if you, the, the first goal of it should be like, you do not want to be, you're like, no, no, thank you. That, yeah. I, like that, that should be part of like, I don't want anything to do with this. So that should be the starting point. Um, but give me a bunch of like analysts over whatever cult of personality stuff we've somehow gravitated toward, uh, all over the place. And it's not, it's not just in, uh, Politics, you're talking about in, in, in look, look at the type of person that gets ahead in corporate America. You know, look, look at Yikes. the, uh, you know, you go, uh, anyway, we, we don't do it right. And so this is a place where we can sort of diamond dog it up and use the, the, uh, the, the text, uh, the religious text of Ted Lasso to, uh, to analyze and to consider and, and, and then future religious texts like Wayne and, and other things that are coming down the pike uh, to shine a light on where society is at any given point and, and how we can sort of unpack that to, to quote Ted in the, uh, in the pilot um, and see, see where that, uh, where that leaves us collectively as a group uh, with other thinking sophisticated intelligent people who who care so now at long last are we ready to start <laughs> Wait, you, today's... you didn't like our hour-long intro i thought that was that's not oh, what you had planned th- 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 that's oh i thought we were done now we still have to talk about like the show <laughs> shit all right I, I, I like it i like it i like it. this is this is what we are this is this is this is who we are this is what we do I'm not, I have no problem with it. Um, let's sneak in a little Ted Lasso while we're at it. Um, we open where we left off. Uh, Rebecca had just said, fuck me and realized that her club that she, you know, sort of took away from Rupert on, on a lark or a whim or on a, or out of nothing but spite is now worth, <laughs> how much, I can barely say it. How much is that worth, uh, boss, the accountant on staff? Uh, two billion. That team. That's right. Two. two- Billion. That's with an M? With a B. With a B. Two million. Billion. You think she would... Come on. Rebecca's not getting out of bed for two million. 
Jesus, Seriously. that's not a fucking. She carries that moment. around in cash. Yeah, come on. Right. That's right. Um, so um, we now move over to uh, training, and uh, this is a this is a scene that had uh, that landed a little differently for the three of us, uh, depending on where we were in our lives and in, in, uh, in our Ted Ted Lasso journey. Um, we we have a, a shot of uh, a coach and, and beard and Roy. Uh, uh, we it's they're watching um, AFC uh, Richmond practice, and you know normal stuff. We're used to these these kinds of things. Uh, we have this this uh, sort of beautifully framed shot of the three of them with AFC Richmond behind them, and um, we have all the fans in the stands, which you know it's it just a reminder of exactly what we were just saying here. Nobody does this, right? Nobody does it Nobody. for a good reason. And Ted's like, no, it's let's, why let's, let's, why let's try the other way. You know, it's like, uh, you know, just a reflection of, of, of how Ted views this process. It's their team more than ours. Let's, you know, let's, let's invite them into the process. Uh, that pays dividends. Keep going coach. No, I was going to – well, two things. One is a creative thing here, and then what it, what this, what this you just described reminded me of. So I think it's significant that we open on what is a pretty familiar shot, actually. We have had that sort of profilist shot of the coaches a number of times. Um, so I think that's, a, that's significant. I also think the framing gets pretty formal as we go into this scene. If you think about when we're facing the coaches, we're right in front of them. It's very balanced. We've got the AFC Richmond over their head. They're very well framed. It's very all very neat. Um, we get a shot from behind them that's similarly well framed. Um, and I think it does tee us up for the vibe we're about to go into. Um, I don't think it's like a huge deal, but I think that like choosing these very standard shots like it's what you would expect in uh in a musical right these kinds of basic shots you're not expecting like some drone shot down to maria right like you expect you know you're expecting sort of standard things so i, I just thought that was a, a cool way to set the vibe it, it is for sure and if you if you got crazy with it it throws the uh, audience off mm -hmm. kilter right, right before you're trying to have them sort of embrace the what's coming next. So you want them to settle in. It's very familiar. Um, the, the, the craziest thing is in the reverse uh, where you're looking from the front of them, you are down a little bit lower. The, right. the camera angle is looking up at them, but that's meant to give them like a little bit of a, you know, sort of a God mode kind of thing. A little, they're, they're, you're sort of heralding them a little bit more. Um, then as we have Roy and, and, uh, and Ted interact, you're up at shoulder level, eye level uh, where, humans interact uh and then um instead of instead of uh ted calling the end of practice right uh he says all right roy i think that's enough for today you go ahead and call it and roy gives him a look right boss yeah yeah he he, he gives him a look uh he's not gonna call practice there's something else happening and that is that after he shouts "whistle, whistle," which is still one of the better bits of this season. Um, well, he he says, "Roy, please." I want to put. I don't want to miss that because, like, Roy gives him that look, and then he's like, hey, "Roy, please, please. like, right, right, don't right, make right, me." Right. I know you're. You know, I don't want to make this a thing. 
just hook a brother up here, right? Then it's whistle, whistle. Yeah, it whistle, whistle. And then he says that he's got something for him. It It, it is all a lot of lead up to um, the team doing so long farewell from the sound of music setting off their own sort of this harkens back to the first season when they did uh high boss all like hanging out uh, on the field and then the bye 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 dance and then of course you come in third season it's got to be a little bit bigger so it's choreographed they're singing there's a boom box over his head a la um uh lloyd dobler from say anything like it, they're really they're doing as mm-hmm. much as they can here mm-hmm and 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 we were told in season two when we were when we were getting bye 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 ready for Dr. Sharon that it's not the performance, it's the effort that you put into it, right? So there was obviously, and it becomes increasingly obvious as this unfolds, that there was a ton of effort and preparation that went into uh this beyond what we would even have imagined when it started. What's the uh, quote again, Coach? About uh, Mike Tyson's uh, coach? What was his? What was his? Uh, that quote? The quote you always used to say? Oh, th- that uh, I don't. I don't. I'm not. I haven't succeeded when I've made a guy a champion. I've succeeded when I've made a guy a champion and independent of me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, like they don't. They they don't. They don't need uh, Ted introducing whatever, you know, crazy idea they're going to do next. Like they got it. They get it now. This is how we live there. Good point. Okay. So here's, here's a quick thing. (laughs) I don't want to take away from the effort that was put into this. My issue is from an actual show development standpoint. And for that, I want to talk about the 1999 uh, song by city high called, what would you do? I, I remember that song. Very yeah, well. if you don't remember it, I already posted an Amber Ruffin uh, response to it uh, on Twitter, where she annihilated it because she's wonderful and amazing, and one of the few celebrities that if I met and she hated me, I would genuinely feel bad about myself. Um, it, very quickly, it's the song that's "What Would You Do If You Saw With It," and it's all uh, I'm not going to sing anymore because I'm done with that. But um, <laughs> the. Basic, I was digging it. No, was don't good. do that. Uh, the the plot of the song, if you will, is that a guy and his friends are at a party and they decide to hire women, some performers, to come to the party and strip for them. And two of the guys, when the women get there, become upset because they know one of the women from high school or middle high middle school or something. And so then they take her outside and berate her for doing sex work. And then she's like, well, I have this hard life and I have this child I need to take care of and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, my mom didn't strip, so you shouldn't. It's a bad song. It's not good. Amber Ruffin does a phenomenal job of taking down all of the nonsense in the song. And that when um, somebody that you hired tells you that they are having a hard time getting by, you do not berate them. You tip them well. Uh, I would like to also point out to these gentlemen that you cannot be upset that a woman who showed up to do a job that you hired her for is somebody that you know. 
Because what that tells me is that you were not interested in her coming over and dancing for you. You are interested in doing something denigrating and you don't want to do that to a woman who you consider to have a relationship with. What that tells me is that you are a scumbag and you are not going to treat any of those sex workers with the respect that they deserve in the first place. Also, fucking hypocritical is bullshit that you think you are too good to have a stripper know how you treat strippers. Like, there is a lot of bullshit in all of this and I dislike the entire song. It's not a good one. I don't even need to talk about the rest of that bullshit because I want to throw out is that in the middle for absolutely no fucking reason, they all of a sudden sample next episode by Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg out of fucking nowhere, just in the middle. It's like they forgot to write a verse where they. Of, of that song. Of that of song. Whatever. Yeah. Like they, What's it called again? It's called What Would You Do by City High. It's uh, not the John Kinyone song, the TV show. It is a song. Um, yeah. And just for like a few bars, they like flat out, just like sing next episode. Wow. It, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Co- Coach, do you see how, uh, so I, uh, I have a couple of questions. Um, well, first of all, um, I actually just have one question. Uh-huh. What the fuck does this have to do with so long <laughs> No, I, I, you know what? I, I am so, I remember this song so well. And I mm-hmm. also have revisited a number of songs that made me go, what in the slut same, the slut same yes. the fuck is this? That I'm fascinated right now. So until you just said that, I hadn't even asked myself that question. I'm still like, oh my god, you're right. They do do that. What the fuck was that about? So sorry, I don't have to. I don't actually don't know the song. Or maybe I know it. I just don't know it. That I know Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, whatever. One of sounds horrendous. It it unfortunately has sort of a catchy beat. There is like I uh, as Amber Ruffin says, like 2020 me. Uh, knows that this song is bullshit and slut shaming nonsense. But in 1999, I was like, that's kind of catchy a little bit. I didn't like it at the time, but it still is a little catchy. Um, no, what the thing, the reason that I kept thinking about this is that when that song, What Would You Do by City High, all of a sudden very abruptly drops into next episode, my thought is, the fuck does Dre have to do with this? Like, did you forget to write one verse and so you're just like pulling in something that sounds good to that end i understand that ted is leaving i understand that they want to say so long farewell what does this song lend to a what what is the deeper level of understanding that this song is giving us about ted's leaving about the team wanting to say goodbye to ted like did they just decide to pull a song and they did this one or is this supposed to be telling us something more? Because I'm I just, it, it, yeah, it, like it. So this is, I'm with yeah, you. Go ahead, boss. It, no, it just all of a sudden, not an, it actually pulled me so much more out of the show. It didn't feel like mm. it had the emotional depth that we would have wanted for Ted saying goodbye to his team. It seems like we've already seen them do dances and performances. I did. It, it felt so surface level that it felt like. The fuck does the sound of music have okay. to do with this? Why are well, they here okay. right, right now? Why is All this right. happening? That's good. Let's let's address it. So, what what was the intent of the of the writing staff in choosing the song? We know that the uh, musicals and rom coms have been a huge uh, huge part of the show. We know that Ted Lasso and Beard are both huge uh, musical uh, aficionados. Um, this is clearly from the sound of music, a family von trap with the children going to bed is what happened in The Sound of Music. This is where the, the players are approximating those various roles of the children. Um, 
you're saying, uh, listen, there's an art form uh, as a person who has worked. I, God, one of the best things about working on a film or a television show is is dropping the music in and being in the editing room and trying different things. And then sometimes you'll get the real a really good one. You're like, fuck, we can't get that. We can't afford the rights. They're like, how much would this be? And then sometimes uh, you'll get a thing like a band that you never, ever could afford. Their manager has decided to put their music on sale for whatever. And you're like, wait, what? Like we could get. So then you try to like rejigger some of the editing to work inside. Like, oh, can we just steal one of these songs that we'd never normally be able to afford? So it's a super fun process and it changes the, it like really changes. Um, it's almost the, the biggest manipulative tool that you have other than like the writing, the acting, whatever, like putting something over top that you know is going to influence how people feel, how they emote, right? How, how it, how it uh, affects their emotional connection to the material uh, in, in a, well, maybe it's indirect way, but it, but it, it, it lands, you, you know, you pick a great song and it lands to the point where modern artists, uh, musical, uh, um, you know, uh, musicians and, and singer songwriters, the best thing they can do is get on a TikTok video or a, or a commercial much more than, you know, than touring in the same way you used to and build up a fan base through local, uh, you know, sort of shows and things like that. It's like, if you get, on if you get onto an Apple uh, iPhone ad, it's it You're, that you have yeah, a career now. This was um, uh, Grey's Anatomy uh, twenty years ago or so. If you showed up on there, all of a sudden everybody knows who Tina, Tegan, and Sarah are. I- yeah, that's right. Exactly right. Yes, Tegan is right. And so, and there, there are a few. Um, it's funny because there are good music, uh, music supervisors, and I'm gonna say there's bad ones, but the the good ones, I've worked with a bunch of them. And the good ones are awesome. So you're like, I bet this person's awesome. Like you look at their musical, like the shows they've done, and then you get to meet them in a, in whatever product project you're working on. And then you know, I've said to at least two of them, maybe three, maybe I said to one, but I was like, oh, I thought you were awesome all these years, and now that I've met you, you're awesome. <laughs> like I can confirm that you're like the best dude ever. And, you know, they're usually like a, someone who like just loves music, loves fun. You know, it's almost like uh, they know every new thing that comes out. They're really plugged in. It's really hard to be, uh, to like find the new sound or find the new thing, but they're really good at, at it. And then you have other ones who, the worst version of the music supervisor is the, it's like the know-it-all music supervisor, where it's like, oh, I'm the smartest person in the room, just ask me kind of vibe. You know, um, and so uh, so as we bring it back to this scene, uh, one of the things I'm oh, sorry, one, the reason I got into this is saying sometimes you're like, um, let's say you're going to have a, a, a shootout. Right. If, if you drop killing in the name of in there, it's like eh, it's like it's it's because you're like, oh, that's exactly what we're doing. We don't want that. What we want to drop is Mona Lisa over the top. Is, and that gives it some some this is something that Tarantino was phenomenal at um he had a, a real understanding of how yeah, how music sure. uh impacts film and he would put in all sorts of all alternative sound songs and coen brothers are, are phenomenal at it so it's like almost playing against type to achieve a better better result and so boss what i'm hearing you comment on here is so long farewell to say so long farewell feels like eh you probably you probably could have done better 
Is that is that what you're saying? It, it, yes, I think also it, um, it it is a missed opportunity to make some character development or some additional depth to the scene. Like bye, bye, bye was already kind of on the nose because they were saying goodbye. So long farewell feels like a repeat of that exact same idea, just with the musical that we already know that they're fans of musicals. Like what was it about that beat from uh, next episode that made the song better that city mm-hmm. high wanted to use it. Like what did it add to that scene? Because this feels like it, they're very blatantly saying you're going away. So goodbye. It, it just, it felt like there was more space to either a different song yeah. or even a different idea or anything. But well, it's funny that you mentioned bye, bye, bye. And obviously right, we've seen these sort of like musical sequences and th- that we know that the, the, they're trying to, um, but not that they're trying, but that that's a part of the language of this, right? That, you know, bringing in the musicals, the references to the musicals, all of that. Um, I would even, but I would say though, with Bye Bye Bye, that's why when you made your point, I was like, huh, about this one, that I was like, huh, is we didn't know it at the time, but the significance of choosing a song from the No Strings Attached album, given ah. strings later. I like I okay. I laughed. You know what I mean? Like I did some rewatching. I was like, "Look, will you look at that?" Uh-huh. Right. I think we don't get that here. Anyone though we didn't know yeah. it then. I think that did feel like it had more of a. It did play more of a role. Maybe because ultimately they didn't get to do that performance. So this is sort of like is like this is what we expected to happen, and it happened. So maybe that's part of what you're reacting to. And I think a lot of things on this show have managed to be like, mm, we're going to do it just a little, we're going to just, you know, just a little turn on what you're expecting. Yeah, and yes. this is not that. This is no. very fastball down the middle to, to, to use a baseball yeah. uh, metaphor. And I think even if we think about Sound of Music, the kids were doing this song and going to bed in order to distract so that they could flee out of Nazi Germany, I think, over the mountains. Like, Oh, right. right, right. And so it's... Yeah, it, that is true. Like, I don't know. There's something there's about no, these grown men... No other level. Yeah. I, I just, I'm not picking up any other level. It feels like they sort of needed to have a way of Ted saying goodbye to the whole team. And this is what they came up with rather than this being a scene where they crafted what that actually would be like for him to leave the team in that way. And what, how the team would want to respond to him. Like this felt a little bit rote. So, and you know, I, I generally going the first time viewing any of these episodes, I I try to not, prepare myself at all right like just there's the next part of story and we go and when the first note played i actually thought it was a completely different song i thought it was um i think it's called and i'm telling you but it's from dream girls and it's like this sort of like classic um this you know, just sort of this classic number jennifer how they did first at any rate um, the first note, and I actually, because I, I was so fooled, I went and looked it up, and it, and actually they're very similar sounds, 
and it's a half step apart. So my ear is better than I thought it was, but I thought it was oh, that. Look at that. And um, did you go to Yale? Will you knock it off? <laughs> will you knock it off? So, but um, I, I guess I bring that up because that would have been that would have been more interesting, and that would have also been a musical. And that is like I could see comically being like, "We're not letting you go, Ted," but knowing ultimately yeah. they are letting him go. Or whatever. So I do. I, I I hear what you're saying. I have a personal connection to the sound of music. I think I've shared before that in middle school I played Kurt Von Trapp, the, uh, yeah, the fa right. of the uh, mm-hmm. of the old Von Trapp yeah. scale. So I kind of la- I laughed a bit, just sort of like remembering learning choreography for it and all of that. But yeah, you're right. This is a bit of. Um, whether on the nose is the exact right phrase, it's like expected. It's very, it's, it's, okay, so it's, it's expected. I get, I get that. I enjoyed what it, if we, but I get it. What if rather than, this is what I, and boss, correct me if I'm wrong, but let's, 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 let's do a little wish fulfillment here. What if this was a medley of unbelievable musical moments combined with some of the old school rap that Ted is always referencing that he seems to know, you know what I'm saying? Like you could do like you, if they. I'm saying if they had done a big production of all kinds of things, it may have had. It may have. Uh, my boss is shaking her head, but I'm saying if they, this one, um, we're not. Or we heard this criticism when this first came out. It was like, oh, this is super vanilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a weird vanilla choice. Um. You know, what if what if it had been the next episode or whatever? You know, like what if it had been anything other than sort of the the white uh, white bread family von Trapp kind of uh, right down the middle kind of pitch? Um, I actually really like uh, Coach Bishop's and not suggestion, but uh, it being and I'm telling you, I I think actually that that might have worked for me. That might have been subversive enough while still playing into the team ethos that I had been like, yeah, no, I get it. Like, of course there is something that I would find extremely amusing about saying goodbye to somebody by telling them like shout singing that song about how I am staying here and you are going to love me and you are going to come back. Like, I do think that that would be funny, but I think that that also might, uh, also lend itself to some additional humors watching these men try to shout sing that song like it, this right, it, right. It, it 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 did feel a little vanilla it felt a little on the nose a little vanilla i i i felt like sometimes they reach for allusions that end up just being name drops and that felt like that and it felt like this interesting I, it's funny. I never understood why I, I was fine with it because I was fine with it, but I never, I think I never liked it. I was like, okay, I think part, it felt like, um, you know, you never want your audience ahead of you, but I know the song. So I was like, all right, yeah, I know what this is going to go. And then it's like, okay, Danny's going to be the, it, it wasn't as um, fresh or whatever as you, you're just like, okay, all right. Like, yeah, okay. Like, did, but did, it, but it didn't. It wasn't moving. There, there could they could have picked something that would have made you cry. So and this wasn't, or that would have given you that kind of emotional kind of kick. So here's a, a, a 
question with that because I didn't anticipate the Danny being last. Like, I guess I was just really in the moment with it. So I was just sort of like smiling and, oh my goodness, they're really doing the choreography. Oh, wait a minute. Each one, each, each line represents a kid. Like, I was kind of like in that part. Um, but I'm, I wonder if part of it is meant to set up the part of this I found to be delightful most delightful i should say which is the the final reaction which we're we're going to get to in a second but like was part of it like uh you think you're ahead of us you think of ahead of us and actually it's even bigger than you thought do you think that was intentional or do you think now nah, that's just a separate that's a separate beat this is a different thing um i hadn't considered that i felt like uh, it, it well I think that the biggest problem with that is that I am a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and they did the absolute greatest job of that during a musical number. It's the high school reunion, if anybody's familiar. Yeah, yeah. I, no, it's, oh my God. Oh my Jesus Christ, it's so good. And also, <laughs> like, I don't want to ruin too much, but please go watch the scene because I went from feeling so skin crawlingly uncomfortable with what I was watching to immediately couldn't breathe because I was laughing so hard. Like just the switch flipped so fast that I don't know if anybody's ever going to be able to top that. Um, it, it did help a little bit. Like it softened, softened, Jesus Christ, this is who I am. It hardened, it hardened some of the soft edges, which made me like it a little bit more. So yes, like I, I understand what they were going for in this scene. It just didn't land for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks boss. Um, uh, yeah, I, I understand both perspectives. It was, uh, I was definitely in the middle. I was fine with it. I was emotional about, um, once they turned and the fans were in on it, like the, they all said, uh, waved goodbye. And everybody was, was yeah. in on it. that got me a little bit. Like, I was like, wow, wow. Like that's, a. Uh, He's affected a lot of lives here, and um, I was I was with Beard. I'm I, I've shared I'm not the best with endings or goodbyes or anything of that sort. So I I I Ted looks like a man at peace, but I mean Beard does not. <laughs> Beard, I mean Beard's always got to do, and this is a decision that's been made. But Beard does not look like a man. And I, I, I was, I was with him in this, in this moment. That, yeah, like, I mean, oh wow, like I'm gonna miss the shit out of you guys. Well, boss, uh, 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 Beard doesn't want to leave. Well, he, right. he is upset about yeah. leaving. Like he doesn't want to leave at all. This is not his decision. So it's not just that he's going to miss the team, and he's sad about saying goodbyes. It's that he actively doesn't want to say goodbye and we find right. out later kind of has to refuse to. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I think a lot of times in stories, the key, the, the, I shouldn't say the key, but basically you're taught, like you want to create situations where on, on a basic level, your character has no choice, but to do the thing ultimately that you sort of like you don't want people to feel like oh why didn't he just you know call his sister and ask her to pick him up you know what i mean and and interestingly we haven't done that to beard here like other than 
Ted needs to go be with his kid, which, you know, we can debate whether that has to happen this specific way. Like, there's no specific reason that, you know, Beard and his axes have to go anywhere. So it really is. It's left open in a way, I think, as I was going through the experience, I didn't really consider. Like, I was like, oh, they're, they're leaving. I never even considered that, like, they are actually not Siamese twins and they don't both mm-hmm. have to leave. Yeah, no, no, that right. I, I think I was with you on that. Like, th- th- they're a team. They came in together. They're going to leave together. And it was very hard to see them uh, as something other, other than a complete unit. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that was the, the thing. I, I want to point out we, we, we glossed right over, like, when the whole thing started, there's a funny beat with Beard where he's like, what the fuck is that? Or like, about – you know, something Roy being ominous, like, oh, that was ominous. Like, and Beard does the same. He's like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, the music starts playing, and I'm like, I just love that little moment there. Yeah. Um, then we have the whole we have we have the whole thing, and then Ted says, uh, "What what coach?" He says, "Thank you, fellas. That was perfect." Which is a you know definitely a button on a conversation that's been through the show. Like nothing's perfect. They talk about that with the Diamond Dogs. There's some other things about perfection. So even that, like you've you've achieved it. Our our grand project that started with me, you know, <laughs> standing in the locker room and you all looking at me like, who is this wanker? That 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 project is is officially completed in this moment. And the, and the response so, is amazing. I am so happy you brought that up. I am so happy you brought up that he was a fucking wanker. Wanker. <laughs> like, entire... walking through town. People would be just, like, wanker. Like, just, and not break stride. Like, they're just walking yeah. where they're going, like, wanker, and just keep going. And this is where uh, he is. Everybody now. in the stadium was calling him wanker. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and th- this Fuck is how that it ends guy. up. Playing he will make out. it a couple. Didn't somebody say like he will make it like three weeks or something when he left the press conference? He will make it two weeks or three weeks, something like that. I feel like somebody yeah. said that. Yeah. And to go yeah. from that to this absolute be- bedlam. <laughs> now, said, now let's talk. Let's talk about the bedlam. Let's talk about the yeah. bedlam. What, where, what is the origin of that? Co- because they, they finished the thing. They've been clearly uh, doing this incognito. Uh, he has no idea about it. Nor does Beard. Which must have been difficult to uh, pull off of. Yeah, so, like, I mean, that's, like that's no joke. Right. And then when it's done, they wait for his approval, or like they wait for him to say something. He says, "Thank you. That was perfect." For them, I don't think there could have been a better response. But it, it felt like a release of like the amount of relief. Right? Is is that what what you're reading? It was. Because then it turns into <laughs> into uh, just a dotty. It's it's crazy how how they explode. Even like Trent, who is usually moderately reserved, is taking his jacket off and spinning it over his head with his orange t shirt on. I would add, but and, oh ha! no no, and I think that is significant. No no, I think that is significant. As I continue to feel like I'm like dialing into this, there's something about the spirit of this thing. Versus the practicalities of the real world that the green and orange seem to be playing with. But I'm, I'm still on it. I'm still on it, folks. But, yeah, like Trent, who began this thing with the series-defining question of, yeah, is this a fucking joke? Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. spinning 
he's writing a book about these people. Like, you're not supposed to be part of the story. Like, he's he's breaking rules right now. He is spinning his fuck like a lunatic, spinning his blazer over his head because they nailed the so long farewell number to say goodbye to Ted. Like, how far is that from nice glasses? Oh, good. I'm going to take my glasses off to remove that layer of bullshit so I can ask you my question. Which, by the way, is, is this a fucking joke? It's just unbelievable. I mean, people... And I love that also that they they took it as far as they did. Because they had to, right? Like, Because if they just react like, yay, like, who gives a shit? But people are, like, screaming in each other's faces. Like, I can't believe... I can't imagine if they won the whole fucking thing as promised. I don't know that the the celebration could be any more... Yeah. sincere or it intense. Would, it would have looked like this, right? Right? I mean, it's amazing. Look at Boss. Look at the puss on Boss's face. She doesn't... She just doesn't... I was I was trying to smile. That was my rough approximation. Oh, yeah. I thought... I thought, oh, I thought, that's, I thought, yeah. I thought that's just yeah, a... We're going to have to work I, on that. I thought it was enjoyment. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, do, well, what, you expect full teeth? Come on. You haven't said anything that funny yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think sometimes... Boss just finds my my search for joy in this world endearing. It's like, look at, just look at him. Just look at him. Just digging through this pile of shit called life. Look at him. Just look at him. He's I just... mean, I, but like in a nice way. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, I get it. Like, you are just adorable. Put that pile You're of shit down. You're so Yeah. Look, look at you. All shiny and great. Heart of gold. <laughs> All right, so we have this uh, we have this wonderful moment. Um, whether or not it, it lands, it is a lovely Ted Lasso, sort of iconic beat. And um, it, I mean, we're mindful now that we're in the you know thirteen minutes or so into the show, into the finale, and yeah, you know, this is ending, which is which is bittersweet uh, because even though we've spent. Uh, hundreds of hours uh, on this episode in analysis, we really are just 13 minutes into the, the show itself where mm-hmm. all of us were reacting in real time to every minute, every second of the show that passes is the last second of the show we'll ever see uh, live, you know, for the, for the the new Ted Lasso, or, you know, there's never going to be another new episode of Ted Lasso in in our lifetimes. And um, so that is a, that's a gut punch. Um, Now, boss, walk us through this next scene. Uh, We have, we have uh, Trent coming through jacket back on. Trent is coming through the double doors in the Richmond um, sort of hallway. Uh, He sees Keely. And what happens? Uh, It says to Keely, great boots. Uh, We then follow Keely down the hallway. She's saying hi to Nate. Oh, it's so good to have you back, which is good because one of the last times I think they interacted was maybe when he was trying to make out with her and that didn't go very well. So it's good that they have seemingly moved past everything also. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that might be right. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, She walks into the coach's office, uh, gift bags for both coach uh beard and ted i should say uh and says but you can't open them yet um better just wait until you get on the planes uh they say thanks she walks out camera's still following her she's pretending to close her eyes and says is everybody decent and then when they are she's ah disappointed like come on 
can't catch a break. Um, which is a, which is a throwback yes, to, to the very pilot, first the very episode. opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very first time we meet her. Which again, if you if you're one of the Buttercups or one of the fans of this uh, the show or our listener community, that's another like gut. That's like a bookend to close. You know, like so. So listen, I know I know boss is like whatever. No, whatever, no, no, no. Can't end no. fast enough. But like, if I I was feeling it, I was like, oh my god. Like it's just it's so much it's it's just a lot of emotional weight. Uh, even though it's like a sweet little thing, it brings you back and makes you sort of reflect on on especially with Keely. Like look look how far she's come. Um, now I know we give Boss the uh, devoid of emotion. We do our shtick, but I didn't get the sense that that was how you were reacted to Keely coming through this this time through. Like were you sort of like all right, get on with it? Um, it, it, no. Definitely not that. I think um, when I was actually watching it, I was more so. One of the things I followed in this scene was the way that the camera pans, following Trent, switching to Keeley through the coach's office into the locker room. She says to them, "Like it, it's a it's a long it's, it's tracking a long shot. tracking shot." And so yeah. that felt more like number one. I don't know how many of those tracking shots they've done previously, and. Not that they should stop trying things like go skydiving when you're 80, fucking do it. But it seemed interesting that they chose (laughs) the last episode to start doing more of these things. And I was wondering what if that was supposed to be intentionally about some of the larger journey, the continuation, the moving from Trent to other people, to other people, to how they interact and how they impact you. And then following Keely, when she tells all the guys on the team, uh, that you, you're wonderful, you're gorgeous, you're confident, you're excited for this thing that she needs you to do tomorrow. And then we pan over to Jamie. And so it, it, I felt like this, as compared with the So Long Farewell, actually did a much better job of visually illustrating the ways in which people were connected through the team and the impact that they'd had on each other as compared to doing the musical performance. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because as you were saying that, I was like, oh, my God, it's a it's a visual <clears throat> actualization of total storytelling. Right. It's she walks yeah. through. You got Trent. And then you've got Trent talking to Roy, which that's not a thing. Those two very recently, you know, is anybody who talks to this fucking right. And then you've got this moment and then you've got you know, Roy witnessing this moment in the hallway. One of the things I did want to highlight because we follow Keely is when Keely first came in, she was um, neutral. She had on like a tan jacket, a white t-shirt and jeans. Yep. She was super yep. neutral. And, and she is anything but now, right? She's got on a pink blazer. She's like, we talked about her outfit already. We've got the butterfly clips, the whole thing that we saw out in the parking garage, the dresses, so many different colors. And I love about this show that we are, I think we are fully supposed to be experiencing, oh, look at our Keely all grown up. But all grown up doesn't mean stop having unicorn notebooks. All grown up is become a fully realized version of who you are. And to me, that's so much of what this show has been about, freeing people up to be who they really are, who they fundamentally are in that freedom. And 
I love that now, now as a powerful exec, she's wearing pink and butterfly clips. And yeah, that's what that looks like because you know what? Keely's the one in the job and that's what it looks like on her. And it doesn't mean that if Bumbercatch gets a job there after he retires that he's going to start wearing pink jackets. It means he's going to do whatever fuck he does and he's going to be fully realized. So I really, yeah, I, I loved it. And the, and the obvious respect that they have as a team for her. I mean, they kind of ogle her by design the first time. And it's like, oh, you first. Oh, why? So I can watch your ass. Oh, watch it and weep. Oh, that's not what she's getting now. Like, she's a member of the family coming through to, like, deliver some news and encourage Well, that, that yeah. was her move up in the old days. That was her move. She thought she was limited to, to yeah. a, a sort of, you know, sort of her attractiveness and what she could do with her looks and, you know, that sort of thing. And she's so far past that. She's capable of so much more now. And she leans into it. And, yeah, you're right about, uh, about every step of this, Coach. It's... Uh, she's got vibrant clothing because she's fully realized and um, it's like, it's like prime Keely, you know, and this is what we all want to get to is uh, we say this for, for uh, people listening to the show. We say it for the characters on the show. Uh, we want them to be the best version mm-hmm. of themselves. And it happened in conjunction with everybody doing it at the same time. It's not a zero sum game. Danny getting to be full Danny doesn't mean Jamie doesn't get to be full Jamie. That's it's right. better when everybody does it together. That's right. Um, so yeah, uh, even though boss tries to keep you and I down, coach, always, um, that's just that's <laughs> not necessary. You know, she could just be kind and generous, and and uh, no, she's shaking her head. Nope. I mean, nope. how am I supposed to be the best version of myself if I'm being kind? We know that that's you not going to work. It's one of the what are we talking about? Yeah, that's yeah. this. Maybe maybe it's not a zero sum game for you guys, but for me internally, it's like no, don't do that. I love it. Um, so, so Keely, uh, uh, walks out of the room. Now we pivot the, uh, the tracking shot, uh, focuses on Jamie and, and, uh, coach walk us through this part of it. He sprays himself with one of his, uh, with sprays. the links he's got, I don't know which one he went with, but he, um, I, I guarantee you it was his, that, that was his, uh, core, his core scent, whatever scent he knows he's goes to in the big moments. He gives himself a couple of a sprays of that. And he heads out into the hallway to talk to Keely and shares that Nike wants to fly him to want to find him to Brazil, film his commercial, but he told them that he'd have to have his publicist with him um, to make sure he doesn't fuck it up. And she says it's not for her. He's actually very he accepts that. And then he's like, I'm fucking with you. And then, you know, so they have their they have a great moment there. Um and by the way, how far are they from, you know, standing in the kitchen with no name fan of both of them and him saying, are you going to be at the, uh, <laughs> are you going to be at my photo shoot later? Oh, you mean the photo shoot I set up for you? Yeah, I'm going to be like, right. we've gone from that right, right, to right, right. cross my fingers that you will travel with me to fucking Brazil. Like talk about, we have upped our game. Um, and but with a, with a nod back to those old days, because he's like uh, Nike, someone from Nike's gonna call you. And he's yes, like, somebody's name starts with a W or, or ends, ends with, with a w. w. I'm like, <laughs> really, really, Jamie. I love that though, right? Like he's still Jamie. Yeah. Like he's still yeah. Jamie. Yes, it's yes. great. And um, and she like actually touches his face, and she's like, I I'll handle. Like I 
Yeah, this I'll is take the it part from here. I do. You, you, yeah. you, you, you <laughs> handsome, handsome thing. Don't think. Yeah. I, can, I can smell the burning from here. Stop. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, no, it's great. And it, But also, I love that, you know, speaking of everybody doing what they do, Roy witnesses this and clearly notes it. And now we're with Roy. So again, I like this shot. We start with Trent. We go to Keeley. We pick up, you know, Jamie. Jamie goes out one door through with Roy. We come back in through the other door. I mean, this is, we are doing total storytelling. We're doing it now. We still haven't had a cut, right? To get the reverse down the hallway, the camera steady camped around right. that conversation with Keeley and Jamie. And yes. then, and now we're watching the two of them. And Roy says, um, you want to grow a beer later? I thought you said I couldn't have beer from Jamie. Well, you're with me. So um, you get a pass. And they actually do the fist bump that once was the unrequited fist bump Jamie went for when uh, Roy was still determined not to be his coach. So that all gets um, consummated. And I thought this was really interesting. Having Nate, who knew a version of all this, witness this and say, so you two are friends now. Yeah, I guess so. The, 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 the transcript says that's wonderful, but that's not what he says. He says so wonderful. And that is a reference back to the fact that he said that was what it would be like to be loved by Keeley when they're in a Whoa. diamond dogs meeting. And he says, one, that's wonderful. So it's like, we bring all of that back together and it's not because of, of keely's love right like he's realizing like no oh no there's a bigger broader thing that's wonderful and it's that level of connection even for you two um so anyway i thought it was a you know really brilliantly executed and for that to all be one shot you've got the exchange in the hallway going through the roy um the roy office area coach's office scene in there through the through the locker room for a scene with the whole team and Keeley, out to the hallway for a scene there. Then we get the Roy witnessing that scene, come inside for yet another scene where we set up the 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 date to go have the beers and then have um Nate come through again. Um and we, and I thought it all worked. Like I, I, I didn't I noticed it because we're noticing, like that's what we're doing. We're doing our deep dive, but I didn't find myself going like, "Oh, here's here's the DP getting their chance to do their thing," and like, what is it? Like, I I thought it worked. And actually, now I say that out loud, it reminds me. Remember when Will came through and they like threw the water bottle? Like when I'm trying to remember how we got there, but that was another moment where we were supposed to get. I think that was right after they were learning total football. And we're starting to see that they work well together. And oh, oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, no. That was another shot where we followed with, yeah. right, where somebody fixed the uh, that's the, right the, the water bottle with their foot. Like it's all, all so yeah, in sync. All, yeah. So yeah, right. I think this is a way that they show like when the when the when the Richmond way is really cooking. Like this is all like clockwork. I'll toss in. I don't think they necessarily had this in mind, but. The the choreography from The Sound of Music has a lot of that to it. Like when they kick each person off the line as they're all going to 
to good night there's and that choreography is like is like clockwork like that's how they move so how what was maybe there was some intention there what's that what was the music again and oh stop it (laughs) you just trying to make me sing (laughs) yes i love when you sing coach um, okay, yeah. So no, that's right, and um, th- that's exactly right. The, every, everything's humming. Uh, it's it's a it's a well oiled machine. We do have the sense of order uh, instead of chaos, even though it looks chaotic. There's a certain innate order to it. Um, and then we uh, we we finish on Jamie. Uh, Nate Nate kind of heads off uh, off the left side of the screen with his cart. Uh, totally different energy. <laughs> it's so funny that Nate is this guy now. Um, uh, and Jamie just standing, standing there, sort of sitting with the realization, like, oh, oh, like well, we are, we are friends, I guess. Like, even though we did have some of that with the sister, like best friends moment with, um, you know, the birthday party, uh, with Roy's birthday party. Um, so we did have a, a little sort of glimpse into that there. Was it his birthday party or was it Uncle's Day? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, it was Uncle's Day with Phoebe uh, and, and with Roy's uh, sister. Who was fit? But why did he get a uh, present for Uncle's Day then? Don't you always get a present for Uncle's Day? What okay, kind of yeah, terrible exactly. siblings do you have? You? Jesus yeah. Christ. What's the matter with you? Yeah. My, right. my nieces and nephew shower me with presents <laughs> and love on Aunt's Day. We don't. Oh, yeah. They really don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they love me, but Jesus, they're mean. It's great. All right, so boss, now we're in the um, we are in the uh, the pub, and uh, walk us through what's going on here. We see uh, Paul walk in. Um, yeah, so PB and J are uh, discussing the fact that they signed up for banter, and they need to know which uh, photos to use. Should I post that? Should I post that or that? Which one? Uh, none of them. And, and then it pans over to uh, Rebecca having lunch with her mother, specifically her mother saying, uh, I mean, when your father died, I was terrified of being alone. But now I've learned so much about myself in the last year. And I've been all right all along. You know, I really am exceptional. Which, I cackled. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's. <laughs> I, d- I think that maybe what they were trying to hint at was a little bit of Deborah's narcissism, which we've seen before, the way that mm, she's been yeah. selfish to Rebecca. Um, but also, I do know women like this. Like, there is a, especially in the Midwest, um, even though like Chicago is a larger city, a lot of the people I know met their spouse either at college or in the few years after college through mutual friends. So there isn't a lot of women living on their own and doing their own thing. Like they go from high school to college where they're living with people to roommates to you move in with your partner and then you get married. Like I didn't live by myself until I was 37-ish around there. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Never lived by myself. Lived with somebody else or a roommate or – yeah. 37 years old. And then I was like, oh, shit, this is great. I love this. This, this feels amazing. I'm guessing it was eventually because 
everybody was sick of living. Every right? single exactly. person was like, you yeah. fucking are the no, thank worst. You. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, yeah, no. And so I just, I think that there is like, at there, the pressure on people to get married and have kids and start a family and do it as young as you possibly can in some cases, but not too young, but also make sure you're not too old. Like it, it is a mind fuck. And then you end up at some point in your fifties, sometimes divorced with kids out of the house or whatever else. And you're like, Oh, a- actually being by myself is fine. Especially for women. I feel like this is a thing. Like the fear of being alone is terrible. It is often more terrible than being alone. We've, yeah, I, 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 I hesitate to take us down any proverbial rabbit holes, given the fact that I think we've done about 45 seconds of this episode, uh, Correct. the actual Ted Lasso episode. However, I, I do think this piece, I, I find this piece that you just described fascinating of more, and I get, I get the sense that more of the energy around it is from uh, women that this sense of like, I don't want you always in my space, even to a person like, <laughs> I don't mean I'm going to divorce you. I actually no, like just- being married. I need you to go rent an apartment and go live there. <laughs> Like it's a fucking thing I'm reading about and going, oh my god, this is real. So I, I'm I'm fascinated by it, and I'm sure there are like a ton of layers to it, and I'm sure there are a million versions of it. And for one group, it's you know you snore, and the other group, it's you're actually a slob, and the other group, it's just I'm the kind of person who needs my alone time and whatever. But I am finding that fascinating, and I'll share that um, you know as you talk about life and blah blah blah, we 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 have talked about. Just last night made 20 years since we moved into this house. But as it turns out, recently we've talked about, well, are we going to stick around here? Or if we are we thinking about, are we going to, you know, that those, those conversations, because apparently I'm 158 years old. And it was fascinating to me. One of the things that we've done, I've shared, is we built this office in our backyard. This is my space. And it is the greatest gift I've ever given myself slash been given that I also feel I've given to everyone around me because I can come out here and be my weird ass self. I can blast music. Like it's the way it's built, blah, blah, blah. Because I've even gone outside to listen to be sure. I can blast music in here at 2.37 in the fucking morning. I disturb (laughs) exactly nobody, right? Like all these things. And... I find I I think there's more to this. Now it's super privileged, right? Because like, let's yes. be honest, that there yeah. are some people right now who are actually remaining in relationships because there's no way we could afford two roofs between us, so we have to stay together. So I'm not. I don't want to belittle that, but I think there's something valuable about re-examining the living situations and what our expectations are around like, I'm in love with you. Therefore we should spend every minute that is not otherwise claimed staring at each other. And I'm just not sure that's like the healthiest thing I ever heard. Yeah. Or like even fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this, I want to come out here and blast my music or do whatever I'm doing. And Daphne wants to get some sleep, and I don't see why we both can't do the thing we want to do. Yes, absolutely. I 
one, agree with all of that completely. I think in the opposite direction, even though this isn't for me, another thing that we need to re-examine is the idea that you live in your parents' house and then you grow up and you move away. And if you move back in with your parents, that's some sort of failure. Yes. Because I, yes. Like, I know there are people I work with who live with immediate family members, not partners. And like some live with grandparents in the same house, multi-generations. Like we have a very middle America white bread idea that you grow up and get married and live in the same house and have 2.5 kids until they grow up and get married and move up. And like, I think as we were talking about earlier about like saying I'm dealing with this thing right now, just being open about what would be better for your living situation. If your living situation is better that you and your spouse sleep in different bedrooms because one of you snores all night, people shouldn't be like, oh, they're not sleeping in the same bed. Got to be something weird happening there. Right. Like, you know, you know what fine. that means, right? It means it, yeah. two separate rooms. That's what it means. That's all it means. It, even to the point that I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole because this is a second rabbit hole inside the larger rabbit hole you already started digging. But in the news recently, there's been uh, talk about how it turns out that Will Smith and Jada Pickett Pinkett have been separated for a number of years. Meryl Streep and her husband have. And there seems to be a reaction about like, oh, well, they were lying to us. They weren't honest about the yes. relationship. I'm like, bitches, yes, that's deep. If, if they have a relationship and they've decided to stay married and stay partners in whatever way and have changed in other ways, I don't need to know. I don't even want to know. Like, I can't keep track of all this. I can barely keep track of my fucking relationship as Castleton. I think he and I one time agreed on that. Like, I don't. I barely want to know all the details of what I'm doing. If other people Seriously. want to handle <laughs> right. their shit, that's fine. Like we need to be less judgmental. I am saying we need to be less judgmental about other people's living situations. That's where we've gotten in this country. Amen. I'm somehow being nice. Amen. No, I, I I'm with you a hundred percent. And I do think I've never been, and you know, I also it's not it's not really aimed at me in the same way, but I've never been that person who like needs to know the inner workings of this famous person. And are they like, okay, great. You know, if Benefer wants to do their Benefer thing, great. Fantastic. I don't give a shit. I will. The, the, the one and we, ben, we did you say Benefer. Oh yeah. Don't, don't they always give them is their like joint names? Isn't that part of the like starter? Oh, kit? oh, oh you're saying yes. Yeah. As part. Okay. Right. Yeah. I didn't know if you're specifically saying these two. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm just saying like any, you know, that's sort of part of the deal. Um, but I guess what I found fascinating specifically, cause it, it has come up around the, di- like you, you, you mentioned two that were recent that I have very different reactions to Jada and Will. And I think this is part of our current lifestyle societally. I feel like they have done their best to make me part of their marriage, whether I fucking like it or not. <laughs> and and I don't feel that way about Meryl Streep. So I'm like, Meryl Streep gets some, she can do whatever yeah. she wants. If her and her husband, you know, slap each other across the face before they head off to work in the morning and that's the way they like it, good for fucking them. Will and Jada, I'm like, listen, goddammit, too many think pieces, too much fucking drama around the two of you. Like, either tell us what the fuck's going on or don't. But I know I know way too much about your relationship to have not known y'all ain't really all that married anymore. 
<laughs> like, like, why? Like, I don't want to know, but if you're going to tell me, can we... I saw, I think I may have mentioned it, I saw a meme at one point that was like, oh, don't stop talking about your relationship on social media, social media now that y'all broke up. We're invested. And it was just sort of like a general thing. But I think yes. that does happen. And I think people need to be mindful if I invite you into that part. Like, if Travis Kelsey cheats on um, Taylor Swift, he's going to need a new security detail. Oh, in a new country. Right? Like, yeah. but, but you did this, Travis. Like, I didn't have to know you was seeing Taylor Swift. Like, you didn't have to bring her to the fucking game. Y'all didn't have to do any of this shit. So now you did that. Now all this other shit comes with it. And that's my, so that would be like my, my little asterisk on that. But I'm generally, I am with you that like, leave me, leave me the fuck out of it. I don't care. I really don't care. Like, just mm-hmm. do your thing. I have a feeling Coach is has is not loving all of what I just shared. Although I was getting some. No, good no, I was fine with you boss. making fun. Of, I was fine with you making fun of Will and Jada. Once you start talking about Tay Tay and <laughs> it's uh, now now we're gonna have words. Um, no, no, I, I, yeah, I, I I don't know. I actually, God, I'm so checked out. I I think I have a good, uh, maybe a healthy. I think it may be a resultant of my, my dad's personality where I'm like, I don't give a shit. Like I just grumble and don't give a shit. Like no matter how much a celebrity or a whatever tries to include me in any of their drama, I, I, I have so many other things to care about that, that like are in the, in the front of the bleachers in my mind that I'm like, I don't like good, good luck to you, sir or madam. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't care. So, right. um, so, but I know that that uh, I think part of it is also uh, having a presence on social media. Yeah. You tend to get inundated with certain things, yeah. and if you can, um, I'm more interested in hanging out with my friends and my kids and my my family and and you know the people I care. About. I I, I, I uh, take it personally at the the intrusiveness of uh, uh, other stuff into like my if we have so little time in this world, you know what I mean. Yeah. That I think maybe I'm I'm more. I'm more uh, wary of of letting that that time go away. One of the things that's interesting, one of the ways I stay in touch with people and I have learned, bringing us back to where we started on the depression piece, that one of the ways that I stay out of the darkest of spaces is to stay connected with people. So in some ways, social media can serve me in 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 a healthy way, which I know that's not generally what the think pieces are about when it comes to social media. But so I think you're right about what you just said. And I learn details of certain stories because I want to be able to be, to make the next joke or be in on the next joke. So when the, you know, so you have the sad face of Will Smith at the red table being told about the entanglement. And that now has become its own thing that you put as a reaction, sort of like the Jordan crying meme. So you got to know the joke to get the next joke. So it's interesting that in some ways, although I would say I don't care in that, I don't care. Like seriously, if Travis and Tay Tay break up, God bless them both. But I do care in that I want to be in on the joke. So when somebody decides to be them for that, they're a bad example because I feel like you couldn't avoid that story. But when somebody decides to be them for Halloween, I want to get it. And I want to be able to make a joke about it if there's a joke there to be made. Yeah, that's part no, of that makes sense. You don't want to be plugged in enough to be still 
plugged in, so it's not a complete mystery right. to you about the whatever the Who's Taylor Swift? Time is. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I, I certainly understand that. Um, yeah, so so we got into this talking about the narcissism of um, Rebecca's mom. She's so funny. And, and uh, yeah, she she was saying, I I realized I'm I really am exceptional. Um, and to which Rebecca says, "What, boss?" Right. Mother, you know Ted isn't dying. He's just moving back to America. <laughs> okay. Again, this relationship. Did anybody see this coming? Because I kind of felt like her mother was just going to be a nightmare mom. And she's so much more than that. And I feel like Rebecca's growth has allowed us, us and her, to enjoy her mom in a way that we absolutely did not when we first met her. Like, she doesn't, she does not address, I really am exceptional. Like, you can see her decide, like, oh, yeah. nope, too many steps. I'm not, no reason to. You say you're exceptional, no problem. Anyway, the thing I'm talking about mm-hmm. is Ted's mm-hmm. leaving. Yes. I, it, I yeah. think it's great. I just think it's great. And um, I will say that much more as somebody who was once in Rebecca's position, I'm not going to uh, cast dispersions against Kathy, but... As you get older, it becomes easier and easier to let shit slide with your parents the same way that you would with friends. Like when you were close enough with your friend that you can be like, oh, we both know that was some fucking nonsense you just said, but we don't need to call it. And so she could just exist near her mother and not fight. I love that. You know, oh, wow. Wow. I love that. And I love it in particular because we've paralleled. Well, you know, I felt that Keely and um, Keely and Nate had sort of a Leia Luke kind of thing going on, and obviously, yes. at the point that we had defining moments happen on the same exact day across the Atlantic Ocean from one another, we have that with uh, with Rebecca and Ted. And I would I would toss in that we just watched Ted get to where she is now with her mom. Like we just watched Ted when he eats that, you know, sunflower bread, you know, whatever. That's like him going, you know what? She's not perfect, but we drank our wine and we ate our dinner and I love her. And she still was the one who drew the googly eyes. And I feel like it's interesting to come back here and experience this, this way. Cause she's still fully herself. And there's a moment coming up that also made me cackle. But, like, I love that her mom is like, she can't come. I mean, we're about to do it, but she can't come to the game because she's got to go see the tattoo removal expert for the tattoo. Mm -hmm. She's considering getting, what the fuck? You need to know what you're getting into before you get into it. Otherwise, 20 years down the road, all of a sudden you have a Dave Matthews band tattoo on your hip. And you're like, what the fuck was I thinking when I was 19? (laughs) Who the fuck is Jeff? Yeah, why did I do this? <laughs> this was a terrible idea. I um oh god. So I didn't date in high school or college, but I had a number of crushes. And a few years ago, my older sister, somehow we were joking about something, and I was like, Oh, well, I should get one of those hearts and then the name, but have it like stru- uh, struck through. So it's like Kyle, Mark. 
John Jake. That's really great. Oh, wait, hold on. I screwed it up. Hold on. And she was like, no, you absolutely shouldn't do that. They should be check marks. It's like, fuck yeah. Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. I was like that. You're correct. That is how I should do it. There's a big Eli who said, while you was chasing them, I'm replacing them. And that's how I like it. Yes. I like that for you. Exactly. You're replacing them, boss. I like it. (laughs) Just going through that list. Wow. Um, so uh, Rebecca tells her mom, uh, Deborah, obviously Deborah has, her character has grown. You're, you're right, coach, that I didn't expect it to go this way. Um, when you have a, a uh, an actor as good as uh, Harriet Walter, you it makes it easy to, to uh, just expand her character and use her however you need to. Um, she's just tremendous. Um, tells her she's been thinking about selling the club. Uh, Deborah, of course, says, go for it. Take the money and run. Explore the world. Um, more importantly, explore yourself. You know, I had a dream last night uh, that I was a cabaret singer in Japan. <laughs> and <laughs> so, uh, you know, Deborah gets the chills over this. And she says, what? Uh, what is what is this uh, coach that she says? I, You know, you give, now you give me chills. I had the I exact said, same dream. Yes. Oh, you were a dentist in Taiwan, but and I just again, I'm like, she's magical. Like she is magical because what I love about the way the character is written is she's not dumb. That's not what she is. She's kind of the in their own universe character. She's got that going on. But she is grounded in some reality and actually does have an interesting brand of wisdom to share. Like, she's still the person who knew everything. And she's still the person who knew within minutes that Rebecca had broken up with Sam. She's still all that. And she just realized that she's been right all along and she's exceptional. (laughs) And I just, I, I think it's just such a layered... Character, and you didn't have to do this for a secondary character, but it's part of what I love about the show. Yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I mean, yes, it's it's. Uh, she, she's phenomenal. Uh, Rebecca asks her if she's going to the match on set on Sunday. Oh, sausage! I can't. I'm sorry. I've been wanting to get a tattoo. Um, so I'm meeting with a specialist who can remove it if I hate it. I was like, wow, that is the. Again, least I laugh so th- that hard. should tell you not to get a tattoo. <laughs> like, yeah, if right, you're right. already working out, getting rid of the tattoo, what are we discussing? But if that you're, the whole if you're point her, of the tattoo, right? I mean, it's just great. It's like, what are you talking about? I, I I'm not a tattoo person, and, and, but but um, correct me if I'm wrong. That the that part of the endearing draw of uh, of having. Uh, ink on your body is the permanence of is the yeah. is that you can uh somebody said to me one time i i can't count on anything in this world but i can count on that i look down on my arm i'm gonna see my, oh, wow. my sister's name or whatever and i, I get like, that i get that i haven't thought it that way but i get it. it yeah like you like it's like that you can count, it's something that you control because your skin this is my skin i'll do it do with it as i damn well please and I can have the comfort of of that consistency, which, which I, again, I think this is just a well crafted joke. But 
Right. Am I wrong in assuming that, that that's not like, the no, finance no, no. is part of the draw, right? And, and 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 you know, you know that I um or you know, a couple you know, a lot of things about me. But I didn't get my first tattoo until I was thirty one. So like usually people think, you know, that's you know, the young person's gay. I did I was a full on grown ass adult when I got my first tattoo. And have more recently gotten like a real like body art piece, which I need to go uh, get straightened out. Now I got my money back straight up, straightened out. Um, but, but I'm going to finish this up, but it's my, it's my warrior shield. It's like my, it's my armor. Right. And I, and, and, you know, I've walked through it and I, I actually, at some point I may literally do like a video of the whole tattoo then and annotate it. Cause I think that would be just kind of fun to share with friends and stuff. But I bring all that up to say for the people I know who've done it, it is about choosing these things that are permanent. Right. And like part of what's funny about what boss said, and I've warned people like names of significant others is just a risky fucking way to go. It just feels like the kiss of death. Um, But do you think, Um, but I think there's something amazing. You don't have a thing. Yeah, right, 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 right. We've had that. We've had that too. But I just think it's great that like they play with the idea that she almost gets things, or like she's exploring, but also she's the the you know she's like the grandmother we never had, which we'll be talking about in a second. But she's exploring things to the point that what somebody needs to introduce her to like the water, the water tattoos that you could just sort of like draw a thing and put it on your arm. Maybe we'll go get a little henna. Maybe don't do the tattoo quite yet as you're just sort of like figuring out whether you like that or skateboarding better. But we'll see. It, it, so, wow. I can't believe that even I am this invested in Deborah's possible tattoos. Um, one of the things I'll say, though, is that I think that part of her character is she is going to risk it all on a tattoo. But she is privileged enough that she knows that she doesn't actually that, have to deal with the consequences of it. That that now that's a really yeah. You know so what? She, yeah, she can. She can. She she has the privilege of being frivolous. Yeah, and also that she's not gonna mm-hmm. she's not gonna go for the temporary tattoo because that's not the real experience. She wants the real experience. She just knows, mm-hmm. regardless of how shitty the real experience turns out, she's gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. In some ways, mm-hmm. it's sort of admirable. Like, it, right. I mean, it would be less admirable if she was doing this on a normal person's income. But just the right. idea that like I'm gonna try it, and if it sucks, we'll figure that out at that point. But right now, I'm right. gonna see what it's like. Right. It's a little bit of a commentary, too, because, you know, we talk about women of a certain age and once certain societal restrictions are lifted, you know, boss will talk about a woman over 40, it becomes invisible. I've talked many, many times about how, especially in my neck of the woods, uh, you get an empty nest syndrome where a woman of usually around, you know, late 40s, early 50s, they realize their kids are growing up. And they take a long, hard look at the dude that they're cohabitating with and go, mm, do I want to hang out with this uh, alcoholic my whole life? Uh, huh? And, and so they start exploring for the first time. And I think part of what Deborah's the commentary around Deborah is like, sometimes that can run amok. Uh, it, 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 this is like the, 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 the sort of, 
you know, what people call frou-frou or, or, or woo-woo or whatever. There's, there's these uh, terms for self-exploration um, and mindfulness that, that, you know, there's always a new fad or always a new sort of thing you can explore. Every time I think I kind of have my mind wrapped around it in my own uh, journey, I, th- I find I know less and less, but uh, some of it is pseudoscience and some of it is, it can be, you know, you're like, huh. So, so anyway, it's just, Deborah tends to go a little bit off the deep end. And so this commentary on, on getting a tattoo, but also it's, a, I, I boss as usual comes up with a, a very uh, astute observation around, about privilege, but it's also, I think, um, not, not, but, and in addition to that commentary, uh, it's also the staff talking about how some people can go, go a little bit, a little bit nuts with it. Um, I did see Tish the other day. She says, boss, run with this, please. I, I did see Tish the other day and she, uh, it, this is going to be something I, we might need to get into more of a discussion later, but, um, she says, I did see Tish the other day. She told me who's going to win. Do you want to know? And she said, oh, I've had more than enough Tish blood, of Tish's bloodies predictions to last a lifetime. Thank you very much. But please do tell her that she's a fraud that preys on people's weaknesses. And Deborah says, oh, that's exactly what she said you would say. Awesome. God, I love I'm, I'd Like this scene was just like, they were like, you're going to miss us, aren't you? And I was like, yes, I am. And they said, hey. <laughs> Let's 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 do it like the old times, man. You like these mm-hmm. jokes? Like it was like that's what it felt like. It felt like they were like, here's one for the road for you, Orlando. Like she's just mm-hmm. gonna just drop mm-hmm. gem after gem. I, hmm. I mean, I I do need to point out that definitely a couple of the things that Tish said were going to happen have already happened. I'm not saying that um, Rebecca's skepticism isn't well placed because I also would be like, oh, that's some fucking bullshit that she just came up with. I just it's interesting for me within the show, the way that the show says Tish absolutely 100% is a truth seer and can tell the future. And we never go back to her. We never follow up with that. It's so yeah. important that we have it in the show and then we never see her again, even though she legitimately can tell the future. Well, the beauty, I thought, I mean, yes, to what you just said. So the, again, in the and uh, version, the the i think it's wonderful that we don't need we don't need rebecca to become a convert and there the, sometimes i think things are true and 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 it's like the shit's true whether you think it or not like i have had some experiences in my life and actually more recently where i felt very connected to my mom and interestingly, I have the, the short version is I have a friend who called me who's on their own journey and who called me to say, um, this is going to sound fucking crazy. OK, no problem. Go ahead. But I feel like I've been in contact with your mom and she wanted me to be in contact with you because she was trying to get in contact with you. And we had a whole conversation off of that. And I said to my friend at the end of it all, look, I can't explain your experience and I can't really explain how I'm processing it. But just because we can't explain it don't mean it ain't so. And the truth of the matter is Tish 
is a freaking oracle. Like, t- say what you want about Tish, store about no, no, call yeah. fraud, whatever. Tish yeah. is the motherfucking oracle in this story. It's kind of wild. And we continue boss, to dismiss boss brought it. this up. No, boss brought boss was like, why are we having a show about soccer if someone can tell the future? What like this <laughs> That's true. annuls every other point. The yeah. only thing that we should be talking about is like this should be the Tish show immediately. <laughs> true. Everything else is secondary right. because we now have a person who can tell it. So yes. Um and again, the staff is taking a position on this. Um but yes, it, you make a good point, uh, coach. And and, and boss also saying we don't come back to it. I was wondering how they would try to bookend the Tish thing. I was surprised by Rebecca's adherence to her own skepticism, even though uh, I understand I understand the skepticism in that she's had some experiences that have verified what Tish said. I thought, boy, isn't that interesting that she digs in? But again, it goes back to that Mark Twain thing about it's easier to convince someone, uh, th- you know, that they've – been fooled no no it's easier to convince them that they what's the quote uh it's it's easier to convince someone that they are oh damn it coach i blame you coach i know i know and i know the one you're talking about of course because you said damn it i can't think of it then i couldn't think of it so i'm gonna i'm i'm google searching here we go might have it it's easier to fool people than it is to convince them that they have been fooled yeah there you go that's it um so we get, uh, we, we get now, I, I will, again, I think I mentioned this in the rapid reaction. I'm like, why are they eating here at this, at the, anyway, it doesn't matter. But, um, <laughs> but to make, I just thought of, why, did you have a, a position on that? Coach? I do. I, I think that, she, okay. I think, I think boss is truly part of this community now. I don't think she views this as like, Hey, you want to go check out where the great unwash hangout? I like, I think. She she's been here. She's bought everybody in this place a drink. They had a cool story here. May's fantastic. She can navigate Rupert and be lovely to Ted. So like I, I kind of viewed it as like Okay. This yeah. is what they are now. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Um uh May comes up to the table. Anything else, ladies? I'd just like some peace of mind for my daughter and all of her generation. Uh, to which uh, May says, what, boss? Oh, must be awful for him lying awake at night haunted by how fucking easy they've had it. Which is, it, Phenomenal. I mean. Phenomenal. Every generation. This is, I, I feel yes. like every once in a while the yes. internet is like, oh, hey, here are old people from 1890 bitching about the kids these days. So it's yeah. always, always been this way. It, it's it's mad libs. I had a professor, Hazel Carby, in like one of those moments that like carved in when, you, you know, education, at least for me. And she gave us this blurb from whatever newspaper, whatever the fuck it was, going on about jazz. And she had yes. us read it. And then she had us reread it and replace in our minds jazz with rap. And when I tell you it was fucking Mad Libs, it was amazing. Causes no, no, no. drug use, leads yeah. to pro- It was like, this is hilarious. So yeah, I think you're right. Every generation has some version of... There's a famous uh, there's a famous thing that people use in this context all the time. It's a quote about the kids today with their long goddamn hair, no respect for authority. This is not how they're supposed to be raised. And it's 
in the, from the time of Plato. <laughs> it's from ancient Greece. <laughs> And you go like, oh my god! Like, are we this predict? Yeah. And when we, you go, okay, are. if we are, God, boy, we've really. You think we would we'd be further along uh, at this point? Well, um, well and, uh, yeah, I'll yeah. Go ahead. Coach. I think Rebecca's reaction, though, again, curious, not judgmental, right? What's the easy thing to do, right? The easy sort of like bullshit George Cartrick level of understanding of the world thing would be to be like, yeah, well, your generation, bleh, bleh, bleh. I had to help my mom with her internet the other day, bleh, bleh. right? But Rebecca takes it in. She's amused yeah, she by smiles. her amusement, yeah. and she kind of, I feel, I maybe I'm projecting a bit here, probably am, but I found her to be kind of going, oh, so that's how we're seen. Like, you don't always get a clean glimpse into how you're seen by others. And it was such a, like, clean look. I'm sure she never thought of her life as she was railing at her mom about catching her father and all this kind of stuff. She never thought of her life as cushy or easy. But she got to see through someone else's eyes that, yeah, kind of is. It kind of is. So anyway, I thought I I really liked that moment a lot. Yeah, no, I thought I thought it was good. Uh, I always reference the SNL uh, "Boomers Got the Vax" uh, video. Yeah, talking about like crash the economy three whole times, like all the things the boomers, you know, like. And so when they say this, my mind went there. I was like, "Mm, mm -hmm, okay, like (laughs) trying to stay curious. Um, Well, one of one of my we we talked about uh, hip hop earlier in this with City High. And one of the things that I often laugh about is the, um, oh, music today sucks. I'm like, will you knock it off? Will you knock it off? We we danced vigorously to a song called Doing the Butt. It, it, you just got to leave, you gotta leave Cardi on. B alone. You got to stop this pretending like what? Like we were what? Changing the world with, you know, all I want to do is zoom, 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 zoom in the boom, boom. Uh, let's uh, everybody take it easy. Oh, that's that 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 that, that, one, that one's on the list. That's on the um, songs for being drunk with Mandy. That rum shaker <laughs> is on there. That is it, one of them. And she's not kidding because that's the song. Because it's I'm great. Like, There's a whole so goddamn good. song called <laughs> the rump shaker. So like, don't fucking highbrow me that you're so much better than the kids today. Please, I was there. I was there. Drinking brass monkey and being a lunatic, so knock it off. I love that boss is now uh, dancing to Rump Shaker <laughs> in her head. Okay, wait, what's happening? Wait, <laughs> I look over like, wait, is she dancing right now? I just, I just got a line of it, and I was like, well, we're gonna have to this. <laughs> see this through. Just a moment. All right, here we go. <laughs> Uh, no, she asked for the uh, Rebecca asked for the bill, and it turns out that it's been taken care of by these gentlemen, PB and J. Uh, we wanted to thank you for everything you've done for the club. The love you have and care you have for the team is inspiring. Um, kind of like the mother we never had. I okay, I love this because this was an example. I think the opposite of the the I don't even say complaint uh, observation around so long's farewell. She was told that she would be a mother. And 
she has resisted it on some level. Sam early oh. on is like, you got to come. Like, you're, this is weird. This is your family. Shit, we're meeting tonight to exercise the ghost. And you got to be there. Like, I feel like that's kept coming to her. And here she is being told by these guys, these, you know, this Greek chorus that we've been with the whole time. The guys who let us know, like, yeah, no, we're going to keep calling them wanker. Like, Wow, like you, you, you touched us. We never, we never knew it could be like this. We've been dealing with the Ruperts of the world. I didn't know, I didn't yeah. know that somebody could like li- truly give a shit about me. I figured the best I could hope for is you'd swing through and buy buy drinks for the night. But it's actually not how, the best. How many, it can how many owners of of professional franchises could you say this about? Oh, I don't think many. I mean, I can't. Like, I'll put it this way: I can't think of one right now. I'll say that. And I've been watching sports since I was, you know, like seven. Can you yeah. think of one? I like, I really cannot think of one. Wrexham? Oh, you know what? I, and I still need to watch Wrexham. Uh, he says sheepishly. I, I got I to gotta get to that. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying like yeah, that yeah, yeah. Because, because that's what the show is about is these guys. Who, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, I, but yeah, like, I get that. It is a smash and grab uh, money, money, <laughs> money play uh, for sure. But they did sort of rejuvenate and, and sort of revitalize an entire area. So uh, there's that. Um, but yeah, no. In general, this is this this may be the most beautiful moment of the show. Yeah, arguably talking about three guys thanking Rebecca, the billionaire, right, and covering her meal. We know these guys pay for drinks with change, like literally like, with change yeah. from their pockets. Yeah. And it was important enough to them to say thank you in, in a way that, um, you know, is very difficult for them. It's a beautiful moment and Can, almost almost not not enough air before the joke comes in, right. you know, like the mother we never had. That's funny because uh, I'm like the mother she's never had. Which, which is, by the way, a consistent up, note from Deborah. Like, this is not the first time she's been mm-hmm. like, yeah, you need maternal energy. Like, yes. She has more than once been like. Don't look at me, sister. <laughs> like that's, that's so not what we expect from a mom. Moms are supposed to be inherently able to do all mom things and not be actual human, but in those moments, but just mom bots who produce that quote unquote maternal energy. And instead of that, yeah. we get like a very real person who's like, if you want to talk about selling this team, I'm your Huckleberry. If you mm-hmm. want some of this more nuanced mother and shit, and I, I just, again, adore it. And we probably haven't. Oh, so go ahead, boss. Well, earlier in the episode, I tried to create some distance between Deborah and Kathy. But here I would like to mention that at a Labor Day party one time, my friend Kelly offered to help my mom, I don't know, uh, husk corn or something maybe. And my mom said in my apartment out loud to my friend Kelly, oh, that's so nice. You're like the daughter I never had. Amazing. I and my sisters are standing here. You have three of us in the room. Three of us here right now. (laughs) Not once, not you or any of them else have offered to help Kathy uh, shut corn, clearly. So I'm not bang up job. I'm never, I'm not sure I've ever experienced deeper, richer, more affirming second degree love than I have with your entire family. Every story you tell me, I'm like, yes. Please, I am looking to be adopted. This is phenomenal. <laughs> You're like the daughter. Like the I daughter never... I never had. In, in my face. In my face. Like, she I, said am, it. I am standing here. Right. I am watching you do that. 
the <laughs> fuck? Um, there's a beat here uh, that guess that kind of makes you like the grandmother we've never had to which uh, Denver's not. No, having it, it doesn't. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And again, um, Rebecca doesn't get involved. Like she smiles. She's like, "Yeah, you walked right into that one. Too bad you didn't know who Deborah was before you said it." Right? Like she, yeah. like she doesn't in either direction. She's not like, "Oh, mom," and she doesn't help them out. She's just like, "Yeah, well, you know, that's uh, there's the Deborah experience. Have a nice day." Uh, and then they have the little beat with the the PB and J where they say, "Why were you, you know? Why would you say that?" I was trying to be nice. Um, and then it finishes up with Deborah saying, oh, did I tell you I'm learning to, what's it called? Skateboard. Uh, <laughs> of course she is. Yeah, skateboard, really. You any good? Will be. Now, uh, of course, that's on on point, on message for Deborah. Uh, we probably haven't discussed in enough detail. And it's something we can pick up. I'm going to think about it in the as we, as we, as we close up today. Um, the the concept of entire urban populaces, because it's usually urban, but it's it can be regional, um, using a major sporting franchise as a stand-in emotional support mechanism. So you know, in this way, Richmond is a is something that the that the PB and J in this modern world feel uh, is connected to them in a very, very sort of intimate way. And because of that, the de facto billionaire who owns the team uh, through the, our capitalist system is is their mother of sorts. Mm. I, I think we, sh- we could, you know what I mean? Like, think about how that plays out mm-hmm. in cities like Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was thinking about the, the um, uh, last night uh, uh, we saw that, that, uh, there was a coach fired in, in, for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Oh I could never get used to them being. Don't get me started. Vegas, on that but, the Ra- but the Raiders franchise in football, I'm like, Ugh. anyway. So, so I just go, um, what is that? You know, this is it's it, we we talk about. I mean, we can kind of scoff at it. Um, what does it say about America's team run by a you know a, a man like Jerry Jones uh, and and we can we can lament that in one way, but it's way worse with football around the world. Like, like so the way it plays out in even local teams uh, around around the globe with with soccer it is uh, even more prof- to the point where it's like your complete identity. It's not like oh, it's a piece of it is the defining existence. The hooligans will fight physically fight over over nothing more than you know where James Senior told us religion you know James Senior told us as much this is the real thing this is not not what goes on out there on the pitch like he tells them like this is this is what it is it's basically like an orderly way for us to figure out who's in what gang yeah yeah and and it's and it's an there's an identity I remember when when um West Ham moved to London Stadium from from their old digs. It was like, are we moving to you know? Are we going to still be as tough and and you know blue collar as we need to be? Um, it, it's a it's a whole thing, and, and maybe we'll leave it there with and and we can we can sort of think about it as it relates to national teams, Olympics. You know, one of my favorite parts of the Olympics is 
is uh, falling in love with teams from other countries, mm -hmm. which I feel like excited to do. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, oh, I just love this team. Like, you know, it makes me love the country more. And then I want to go visit. And, and and I think that's the beauty of it is is if you're not sort of tied to, you know, jingoistic uh, or national, you know, hyper nationalistic view of your team in, in, in international competition. Mm -hmm. uh, rather, you're looking for like that, that character and and sort of the beauty of sport or the beauty of, of, uh, of the competition in, in, inside of the, the, the event. Well, a few, a few things came up with that and I'm, I'm, I'm keeping, I'm keeping an eye on the clock as you know, I, I know we can't, we can't keep us going forever, but I want to say one thing that you just described around who you end up rooting for. There's a, uh, a story and if, I'll see if I can find it on YouTube, but basically as a marathoner um, in the, whatever, 1976, maybe Olympics, and I would have to look all this up, but they basically he's running and he just, you know, he gets smoked by like the best people in the world, which he still would probably whoop the ass of 99.9% .9 of people who are ever going to listen to this story. And so he, it's dark and he's finishing and people are like, you know, why <laughs> like basically like why did you keep running like the medalists are home at this point and he said about his country i wish i could remember what country it was they didn't send me here to start they sent me here to finish and the first time i ran uh oh, wow. well, both times i ran a marathon i got injured which is a whole other story but i have thought about that story as i finished injured both times like i didn't I didn't decide to do a marathon. So like I said, I started a marathon. I said it because I was going to finish a fucking marathon. And that's what I'm going to do. And I think that's so woven into the piece of sports that isn't all the stuff we hate. And that isn't Jerry Jones and isn't that stuff. So that's one, that's one piece. But the, the other thing that comes up here for me around like that she could be this maternal figure is our relationship to, um, to, to capitalism in this country is such that we view that as like, oh no, turn back. That's scary and awful and terrible. And it doesn't have to be. And I keep having this debate with people where I'm like, we could, it's not just that the people who run companies could make different choices. Like there's a story of the guy who decided like, I will only take a salary of blah, 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 so that we can all share in the riches and great. It's also that like we as consumers, we as the people could be like, wait a minute, you're making record profits and there are people working for you who have to be also on welfare or who have to work three jobs to make it all come together so their kids can have a roof and food. Fuck you and your company. We're not buying your shit until you pay a living fucking wage. Like, that's a thing we could decide to do. And I think part of what's cool here is Rebecca isn't saying, hey, look at this great team I've brought you. Build us a stadium, peons, as we get in, you know, the National Football League here in America. She's like she is giving like she is finding ways to give. And we see it as, it go as the episode goes on. But anyway, I feel like. Saying saying capitalism is bad sometimes I think gets us like to where like when people say religion is bad, I'm not I'm like, no, religion ain't in itself bad. It just gets misused like fuck. Like if we could like not misuse it, <laughs> religion ain't bad. 
Like, there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with being, you know, Muslim or Jewish, but there's a fuckload wrong with Hamas and Bibi Netanyahu's crew. Like, there's a fuckload well, wrong with them. Okay, yes, we're we're starting to dig holes. We're not going to be able to get ourselves out of in, in that. In that, we just Why don't have time. No, 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 no. Tricky topic or something. Yeah, you I, you don't want. I mean, I figured we got like three minutes. Yeah, you we can solve bang the that out. No problem. Yeah, done. No, no issues there. I'm halfway through the solution while we're talking, if that matters. I, I, I have no problem with spiritualism. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. ever. R- religion, I can... Anytime something's organized... So we say religion, sometimes I, I, I what I hear is like, you know, anytime you have like someone in a religion, that means you have someone outside of That's religion. It. So I, uh, spiritualism, I'm cool with. Religion, in sometimes sometimes I... I Whatever it doesn't matter. I want I want everybody to be happy and spiritual and believe what they want to believe. That's fine as long as it doesn't um, cause harm on, on other people or other people don't have to live by the by the the laws of you know any one person's religion. Um, okay, we got to stop. We got We got to stop because I have uh, uh, I have an inkling that we're about to uh, uh, explore some other things that that I want to save for next time. All right. Um, coach, if you can, if you can look up the, that story about the, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I will look for it. Ha- have that for next time mm-hmm. and, we can, and we can, uh, I, yes. I, I can post it also. It's, uh, John Stephen Akwari from Tanzania, mm. 1968. But yes, I will, I will tweet about Nicely it. Nicely done. Thank okay, you. Awesome. Um, thank you everyone. Uh, uh, coach, where do people find you if they want to find you? The podcast. We are still at work on uh, season four and uh, speaking or sharing about depression. Sometimes it slows down the processes. So we're still working on season four. Um, but please check out the three seasons we already have up. Unstuck AF and amazing people telling amazing stories and the lessons that we can learn from them to make to live better lives. So come through, check us out. And I'm going to actually recommend one. Uh, I interview my sister and we talk about anger and uh, that one's pretty, gets pretty, gets pretty deep, pretty quick. The two of us talking about growing up and our relationship to anger. So I'll leave, I'll leave it there. If you need to be directed to one episode in particular, Dahlia Bishop on Unstuck AF. I think you'll, uh, if you like this show, I think you'll get a, a lot out of that one. Boss, what about you? Well, number one, I love that. Uh, number two, still on Twitter, also at Blue Sky, same handle. Uh, it's dumbly underscore chambers. And writing at the Antagonist blog, which is antagonistblog.com. Hopefully doing something this week so that uh, I don't ruin Laura's entire life. Uh, Laura Burns, the managing editor, who is amazing and wonderful. And I owe her a piece that I should start working on right now. Thank you, boss. Um, everyone, thank you so much for joining us in this exploration. Uh, we really uh, value all the people who, who support us and who listen to us all around the world. Um, thanks for being uh, so wonderful and so kind. If you can, please consider supporting us. If you cannot support us, please consider leaving us a review. And um, all that helps to offset the people who hate us on the reviews. Um because it happens, believe it or not, we try to be very loving and some people don't, uh, they don't cotton to that kind of, that kind of jive. So, um, uh, we really appreciate it. Um, I will say that, uh, we are, what are we, how many, what are we at this pace? This is at end of episode three. We're about 20 minutes in 
So we're we're making it. We're we're doing it. We may, yeah, we may beat our. We may, we may. Uh, the King of Buttercups said he's gonna smash the over. We might just make the under. So we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. Yeah, I know. Wishful Oof. thinking. We'll see. Um, but but uh, yes, we'll continue next time with part four. Until then, we are Richmond, Richmond till we die. die. That's good. You got to keep. Right, you got to keep Coach honest. You gotta, you gotta, yeah. He's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. they're gonna get me. Everyone no, you gotta. You gotta bring his guard down. Then, yes, abortion. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Boom, abortion. There you go. If you if you learned nothing else from us today. <laughs> the TedCast is a joint venture between Pajiba and the Antagonist. Visit us at pajiba.com and antagonistblog.com.